search. Each man different, living his own way, searching, discovering numero uno. Welcome everyone to episode three of Broken by Concept. This episode is dedicated to Worlds, League of Legends Worlds history. It's going to be called the, we'll probably title it, the League of Legends Worlds History Extraordinaire. What's that word? There's like a word that's like, sounds like E-R-X. Do you know what I'm getting at? No idea. I know what you're talking about. Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue, dude. But this is why we're doing this. Why are we doing? Why this? do you want to do this? Um, I, I've thought a lot about worlds over the years, and 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 worlds, um, worlds. Well, I think season two worlds. I think that's what that's what triggered it for me. Where esports was going to be big, and you know that's a that's a similar story for a lot of people. Have you heard like, world championships the, being the it, because no one was really around season one. Like there was like a hardcore group, but season two worlds. I mean, for me, I remember watching it in high school. Did you? Were you around? Was I? What, did we watch that together? No, that was no season three. We, we watched, watched season together. three together at yeah. my house. Yeah, that's your house. Yeah, that but was when we were closer two, friends. I kind of tuned in a little bit. I remember. I, I distinctively remember the group stage because I'll talk about it with um with Josh with Wooder and stuff like that. Really? Yeah, it was. That's, you're oh, talking no, about sorry, no, that's season three. Yeah, that was season three. No, I'm yeah, pretty season sure. two. Oh no, season two. We weren't. I, don't, I think that was like a moment in our friendship where we actually never really spoke anymore. But really? Because I remember, I think I was playing... I, I was, no, you I went was back League. to WoW. Yeah, no, I was playing Guild Wars at that time. Oh, that was Guild Wars time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ah, Guild Wars 2. So I was really... Um, but that, but I was like looking at it, I was like, what's this world thing? This is pretty hyped up, pretty interesting. Because I, I followed, um, I think it was IPL 4. And that, that actually, that was the first ever League of Esports event that I was like, this is really cool. Because I remember they were like on a couch doing an interview, like Travis and stuff like right. that. And Scara was there, and they had this really cool conversation that really got me into the competitive side of right. league. Do you remember IPLs, the IPL four? I don't really. That remember. was with WE World Elite was like the best team in the world, like at that time. All they were really good. When I think about Worlds, yeah, something always sticks in my mind. Was season three Worlds was the first one for you, right? I was like, you don't remember season, season two? I, I, like, I barely watched season okay. two. Yeah. But I, I watched. I remember watching the replays a little bit. Yeah, but I didn't understand the game enough to respect it. Like, I kind of played League for fun, you know? Yeah. Like, season one, season two, I was like a full fun player. We were playing. Were we playing? We were playing. Oh, no. Season two, I was gold, and I, but I didn't really. Season three, the O the servers came out, right? Season yes. three, it came out later, though. It later. wasn't at the start. Yeah, yeah, we were yeah. in NA for probably the first half yeah. of the, <clears throat> the year, and then we went to O's. And but, that's, that's when they changed the system from ELO to, to also to, yes, that's correct. to ranks. Yeah. Because I remember I was like Eight, hard stock 1650 yeah. in season two. Yeah. And then I got to Diamond. I was like, "Holy crap!" Like, but that was, was so that was MMR, right? That was no, then two thousand. No, actually, I didn't. I never got to Diamond when it was the Elo system. I only got to Diamond when it was the rank the system. rank system. Okay, so that was that was over in NA, right? That was in NA. Yeah. Okay. So when I think of like the original worlds, yeah. What do you mean the by re- original? What's that? Like mean? season three. Okay. Yeah. I remember talking to Shern and he was saying how season three worlds was what started it all for him. Yeah. That was the reason he actually wanted to become a pro player. Got it. He saw the glory, the money, the the whole thing. That's what got him excited. And imagine how many other people that would be as well. I mean, my experience, I, I hear so much season two was it for first. Oh, but season two. But season two, season three, those were definitely the key moments. Yeah. Do you think that was with, I don't know Riot's intention, but was this whole thing a marketing ploy or was this genuinely the way they wanted to... I think they saw the growth of the game and 
Oh, I think streamers. I mean, the NA scene did a really good job to hype up the game. Like people like Hotshot GG. Um, again, like the IPL Scar. There was really good storylines because NA NA wasn't viewed as bad back then, though. Yeah, because it like, was the always be- NA versus EU. Wasn't it was it, NA versus EU, like Korean stuff. Like because remember, Korea didn't even have a server. I think at at till season three. Wait, what did Korea? What did Korea play on? They, they just played play on the NA. Game. There was a bunch of there was a bunch of Korean players that played on really? NA. Really? Yeah. Oh my I'm goodness! Like, like hyping. I remember. I did not know that. And then there's a bunch of players high on the ladder and stuff like that. You can go to the history. So man, what's, awesome. when you think back to what excited you specifically, what was it that got you interested? Was it the, was it the actual, the fact that you could okay, was travel def- internationally and compete? No, 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 not at all. It was, um, I mean, it was really, it looked really dodgy, dude. Like yeah. there was that whole, there was what happened at season two worlds. There was the like cheating. That, the cheating thing. It's like they, the screen was set up so poorly that you could literally look back and see. And there was something like Darius and stuff, but I don't think he intentionally did it or something like that. But it no, was someone from Azubu Frost, wasn't it? Was it? I'm pretty sure it was from the Korean team. So you do remember season two worlds? Or do you no, rem- but that was from that was from the oh, Riot Games documentary. Okay. Oh, okay, I you didn't actually watch that live. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. You're talking about that. that was on Netflix, right? Yeah. So um, what it was, um, I think it's the story, and that's what we're going to start talking about. It's I love the story of TPA Taipei Assassins. So interesting, isn't it? It's, it's very a, unique. Because it's a Thai, Taiwanese team that won the season two worlds when that's when Korea got their serve and they started to. Um, oh, sorry, no, Korea got their serve in season two. That must be right. Yeah, end of season two or mm. in the middle of season two. I don't know because it didn't LCK. What was it called? OGN. OGN. It yeah. Must have been around I there. don't recall watching OGN back then, but it would have existed. I think it did exist. In I'm, season I'm fading on this one. I really don't know. So yeah, it was the story of because. T- Okay, so these were the teams. The teams were... So people um, don't even... Some people may not even know. TPA won Worlds in Season 2. That's correct, which is a Taiwanese team, which was crazy at that Taiwanese time. Taiwanese team. So so the, the popular Taiwanese team that everyone figured out later, that was Flash Wolves. That was like the big one. Later on, yeah. Yeah, but they obviously never went really deep. So I've actually... I'm just going to get on well, my Flash phone Flash Wolves always did perform well. They did go relatively deep. They always yeah, made yeah. it to like quarters. Yeah. I don't think they... They never made it to semis, but they always made it to quarterfinals. And they were like just lost out. But, I mean, when I think of season two TPA, what's interesting to me is that no one in who watched it, who from NA or EU, really knew of how... Well, no one... We actually didn't know about the, the Korean dominance in StarCraft, did we? We I mean, did, I had no personally. idea. Yeah, because you know how we found out about that later. Oh yeah. my god, Korea! Like they're the best You'll gamers. They have StarCraft all yeah. this history. I had no idea about that unless yeah. you were in the StarCraft scene. I couldn't. I I could tell you nothing about Korea. I had no idea there was even a gaming culture in Korea. Mm. I, I I know about you, but I, I literally know. hadn't I never know. met a single person from South uh, Korea. I, I probably didn't think Korea existed on the world map. Literally, and then it was North Korea. And then know? they they started to hype it up, right? Azubu Frost, they're like this crazy team, that sort of thing. It started to become okay. So. So what happened, Curtis, was... Um, so TSM, they gained huge popularity in season two. That was the um, Bay Life and all that sort of stuff. That's when they did the gaming house thing. And what happened was, is that the first, I think, ever NA versus Korean tournament was, I think, an IM or something small. And, well, not small, it was huge. But Azubu Blaze came over and versus TSM. Ah. And they... This was like flame and stuff like that. And ah. they obliterated <laughs> TSM. Yeah. yeah. Obliterated. In NA. Yeah, in NA. They came to NA. It was like a, a thing. That's crazy. So, but that was before season two worlds. And then everyone got like serious. Ah. It was like, holy moly, like Koreans are actually really good it's at this It's crazy to think flame was playing in season two 
and he still was playing like was he plays this season? He's a so sub, right? That, that's where the Flame Horizon meme came from. Yeah, Flame Horizon. 100 CS up like because Vlad Top and stuff oh like that. Oh my goodness. So that's when that first came. So then everyone's... That's why that's why Season 2 was... Because I was following that narrative. I was oh, like, wow. I cannot wait for Season 2 Worlds because this is... Then it's like that happened. It's like, okay, what can happen next? Because TSM were... I think they were. I think they, they were the best team at that time. So I got the teams here. So yeah. So this is Season 2 Worlds. This is Season 2 Worlds. Um. So, um, Group A had Azubu Frost, Evictus Gaming, CLG. Wait, Evictus Gaming, really? IG? Yeah, IG was, yeah. Oh my goodness. I don't know what the roster was though, but they... Did Name play for IG? I don't know. I would have to get anyway. that up, but, but we'll skip over that. But So, CLG, SK Gaming, that was with Ocelot and stuff like that? Yep. Um, Narjan Sword, um, CLG EU, um, Saigon Jokers... That's, I think, another time. That would have been, yeah, with TPA. Uh, Team Dignitas. Yeah. Were they from so, NA so, or so, EU? Because so, China wasn't even in this at all. No, IG. What are you talking about? Oh, wait, China was. What am I talking about? Oh, but there's only one seed. Najin is from Korea as well, right? Yeah, Najin. Najin from Korea, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, Najin's Korea. Yeah, so the, the Korean teams were Najin. When did OMG come onto the block? We'll talk about that later. That's season three. That oh, was okay. cool and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so going into season two worlds, it was Moscow 5. They, they were, were tipped to win. They were the team to beat, right? Okay. Moscow 5. Uh, Zubu Frost had a lot of hype. Yeah. But Moscow 5, that was like, uh, that was like, I mean, the pretty much like very innovative team. Remember, yeah. Gen, was it Genja? Genji. And there was Darius or something. Wasn't his name Darius? Dar- Darian. Darian, yeah, yeah. The yeah. top planner. Wait, let me get the But so up. why, do you know about why they failed or flopped? Because they weren't even in the grand final. Yeah, so this is the story for TPA, Curtis. TPA beat... So, Miss Moscow 5 in the quarterfinals, they um, obliterated IG 2-0. Okay. Then it was Moscow 5 versus TPA in the semis. Yeah. And then TPA beat them. What was the scoreline? 2-1. Uh, think about that. It's was, all best of threes. Best of threes. How crazy is that? Oh, my God. <laughs> in a good world championship, only your best of three. The, the, the format was tiny, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then it was Azubu Frost versus CLG EU. Azubu Frost... So, TSM made it to... Um, so TSM were the only team to make it out of um, the groups from NA. So even though NA had three teams, TSM yeah. was the only one to make it out. Dignitas and CLG it's got destroyed. Um, NA got destroyed. Um, and then uh, they got obliterated by Zubra Frost. So that was the best TSM ever did at Worlds. No, I'll talk was about it? I'll talk about that later. Okay. I'll talk about that later. Um, I don't think it was. I don't okay. think it was. But it's it was definitely one of the one of the first earliest showings. But yeah, so NA got complete, and that's when people started realizing NA sort of sucked. Yep. Um. So yeah, CLG EU that was super hyped as well. Um. Froggen, Snoopy. Who was their bot lane? Yellow Pete. Yellow Pete. Is it Yellow Pete? Yeah, Yellow Pete. Was that with that 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 guy who played for Fnatic back in the day? You know mm-hmm. the. Who's the, the the Asian support in EU? Oh, Yellow Star. Yellow, Yellow Star. Star was he was a fanatic. Oh, okay, fanatic. he was fanatic. Yeah. yeah. So, so anyway, um, what happened in the semifinals? So yeah, so the semifinals. So then Azubu Frost beat CLG EU yep. two one. These were both close. They were very close. Like, okay. Honestly, the the top four of these worlds were all definitely yeah. top four material. Moscow five. And no, that because was a huge you know the reason there. why. By the way, the reason why they're close is back then it was no macro. Yeah, there was no macro. It was team fighting. Okay, and like I'll, I'll tell you this, strategies. That's all it was. Look at this. Look at this. This was the team composition for game one. This is how priority these the grand champions final. were. Yeah, grand, grand final. So this TPA. Is the TPA versus yeah. Zubra Frost. Yeah. Uh, Olaf top lane, Maokai jungle, Anivia mid, Vayne Lulu versus Aurelia top, Amumu jungle. Yeah. Uh, Karthus mid and Ezreal Sona. Yeah. So it's full, full team fight. Full scaling. 
team fighting. Full scaling. I mean, I think Anivia, uh, sorry, Froggen yeah. had a lot to do with Anivia yeah. being such high priority. Game two, Karthus and Anivia, they're hugely priority, dude. And all the jungles were just tanks, scaling jungles. Yeah, Mundo, scaling jungles, Mundo yeah. was super popular. Because you know, no one invaded, Mundo? right, back then. It was nothing about... No, no. Uh, there was no, Tempo didn't exist. Invading yeah. didn't exist. Yeah. Warding didn't barely existed. Yeah. So warding was only like a supports job. And roaming wasn't really a thing. It was like, all right, let's farm. Maybe there's the odd solo kill, the odd gank, randomly. There was no jungle tracking either. And then randomly, like, we get a kill. And then it's like, we're stronger in that team fight. And then we just win. Maokai jungle and Amumu jungle. It's dude. crazy to think about. How much of the game evolved? I, I mean, we'll talk about how that switches to season three, right? Yeah, so, it changes very quickly. So uh, there was a Shivana jungle. Yeah. <laughs> like, no CC's jungle. No CC. No setup. You can't gank. You just no go gank. full scaling. It wasn't about ganks. So, um, so yeah, so that was super fascinating when I was looking back. I, I didn't realize how much it was just pure scaling. So, yeah. so yeah, so then ended up, and then, yeah, the best of five, and it was a 3-1. Like, 3-1's, yeah. com- that's a yeah. win, man. Pretty convincing. TPA versus Zubu Frost. Um, so, Taiwan Do you have Korea. the roster there for a Zubu Frost? I do. The, the roster was Shy, Cloud Templar, Rapid Star, Wong, Madlife. And Madlife was at his peak fame then. Do you think he was at his peak in season two? Was it season? Yeah, that's when he got really? famous. But, but remember, he but he wasn't playing. Th- I don't think Thresh was released then. He got famous I, in season three. I think, yeah, I think season three Thresh. was when he started getting more. Yeah, bigger. but um, that's so awesome. Cloud Templar. That's when he was playing. He played in the grand final. That's so cool. The first grand it's final. Shy. It's so funny. And then TPA was Stanley, Little, little Balls, Toys, uh, BB, and Mistake. How crazy is it that we met Toys? He was the... I met Toys oh, that's at right. Worlds. You asked for scrims, right? Yeah. yeah. We were at Worlds, yeah. we were at Worlds 2018, in 2018. Right? He, because he was the GM owner of, or GM of uh, G-Rex. G-Rex, yeah. which was a, another Taiwanese team. Yeah. Because um, TPA imploded after that year. And then um, I didn't realize because his name is also Curtis. Oh, yeah, so right. Toys, is that with the KK though? So he's a world champion. World champion. And his name is Curtis. Yeah. And I was like, I was like starstruck when I met yeah. Toys. I was like, that's crazy, man. That's crazy, he's going world. He's world's like, what was the prize pool? It was like a million dollars. It was a million dollars, I think. So yeah, so that was season two. And, and season that kicked it off for me, dude. I love the story of the TPA, dude. The uncomplete underdogs coming out from, from the ranks. It's just random Taiwanese team. No one thought they were good. Yeah, that's insane. Um, Beating the, EU especially and, at the time. And EU, again, Moscow 5 and CLG EU, these were like the best teams yeah, in the really world. Good. Moscow 5 was like tipped to win. And Azubu Frost was the... the Because I think Azubu Flame... Sorry. Um, yeah, Azubu Flame, right? Yeah, they they missed out. They, they lost to Narjan. Um which was a pretty big up. I, th- I think they versed each other. Zubra Frost, they knocked him out. Right. Like that. Well, you know why I think season two is important to recognize is because this was kind of like this, the beginning of the Korean, the seed of Koreans, Koreans in esports. Yeah, I think that, 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 was the that probably motivated a lot of Korean like younger players to be like, you know, we're, yeah. we're, this is it. Well, we're that's when it became good. serious because people were still moving from StarCraft, Starcraft and, yeah. and, and other games, right? It'll be interesting to see what, what everyone's take was on... Um, the Korean vibe around the the pro players for for League versus StarCraft. They probably thought it would have been a joke. Potentially yeah, at the beginning. yeah. And then season three when SKT came, and then SKT, you know, everyone's hyping up. I think it was Monte Cristo. Was that Monte Cristo in season three hyping up SKT? Yeah. So Monte, Monte Cristo. That's when they started. That's when the the English broadcast I think started up. OGN. Yeah. 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 So and then that's where the hype really really started, right? So that was Doha Monte Cristo, and yeah, that was that was. That also was really exciting to follow that storyline. So, so we can jump into season three. Yeah, now, season three is exciting. That's where it gets exciting. This is where, um, this is where me and you really got into the game. Season three. That's when I played a lot. This is when I actually started taking the that's game somewhat serious. Yeah. Well, no, you got challenger. I didn't get challenger. That's right. Sorry. Yeah. You got challenger. Yeah. 
On Os. On Os, yeah. That's when I got ranked two. Yeah, season three. That's crazy. So, um... I remember it was after Worlds, after Worlds, because I was so motivated from Worlds after your house. Yeah. I remember it was like ranked like 40 or something like that. I'm like, dude, I'm so excited, man. I'm just going to go home, play like the That's crazy. I, I get like 300 LP like the next week. Well, okay. So, the, for me, when I think of SKT in 2013, so SKT won Worlds 3-0 yep. against, that was, um, Royal. Royal. Who was that against? Royal Club. Royal Club, right? So, yeah. So no, the, it wasn't Royal Club. Is that what they yeah, called? Yeah, Royal Club, yeah. They changed the Starhorn. Yeah, Starhorn, Starhorn Royal Club. So when I think of 2013 SKT, you look back at the VOD and they are implementing or executing concepts that Western teams didn't even know about or existed until two years down the track. They were playing the game at, yeah, literally Literally, a different level. They were a The concepts they were, were literally processing. We weren't aware of, mm. right? So you know how Monte Cristo back then used to talk about rotations, yeah, rotations, rotations like but like, <laughs> yes, that was an element of it, but yeah. that's just the surface level. Yeah. To be specific, the concept of trading sides of the map was something they really understood, which is why they the enemy could never make plays against SKT. So what happened? If you go back and watch the VOD, Impact will play defensively, knowing that his jungler's bot side and making a play. He won't randomly trade aggressively. He won't randomly let the other person or the enemy jungle make a play. And what trading sides is, for those of you who don't know, trading sides is the concept of, okay, if your jungler is on, say you're a top laner, and your jungler is on the bot side of the map, maybe looking for a dive play or a gank or maybe doing dragon on the other side of the map, your job is to you know realize, okay, this is not my time to make a play right now. I might get dived here because my jungler's not here to back me up. And especially if your jungle shows on the other side of the map, opposite side of the map, on a ward, or they show on the bot lane, literally going for that gank, the enemy jungle's going to be like, okay, either I can counter that, in which most likely isn't the case because usually if they were going to counter it, that'd be their way earlier. Or their other response is I can make a play on the other side of the map as a response play. Think about how logical that is, but no one talked no about No one it. did that. No, everyone just thought... I see opponent, I see, yeah, I, I want to go for a kill. I want to go for a kill. And so, SKT, we actively, you can see it in the gameplay, were aware of this concept. Whether they call, obviously they didn't call it trading sides of the map, but they didn't make random plays. And this was the reason, if you actually go over the VOD. So this is the grand final you're talking about? The gra- this is the grand final. Yeah, so this is, yeah. They literally three owed, and I was looking at the VOD in game three. The ga- they were nearly had every single outer tower by 12 minutes 30 seconds that's 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 and to put that that's in very good macro that's when the game was played so much slower yeah think about that okay okay so ha- that's l- how dominant they were but let's compare the champion differences that, that's different that's important as well right yeah remember how we said in season two we had junglers like Amumu, mundo shivana that's super priority yeah now and then mid laners full scaling and even yep. carthus um fake up side of there was so much in the group stage specifically um, Zed into Ari matchups and Fizz Zed. and Ari and then Fizz and Gragas mid Gragas mid that's what Faker and there was, was a lot of and Riven he, Faker got famous for Riven, Riven mid as well no but there was a lot of um, Jarvan yeah, and Lee Sin Jarvan Jarvan, Lee Sin and Elise, Elise. Play it was all pressure junglers yeah. pressure junglers started to come into play so how great is that flip like literally in a space of a year you know, the games change completely but you know what fascinates me and I actually I actually mentioned this slightly in the other podcast you get champions that just would have perfect champion design, right? So like Jarvan. Jarvan, if you look back, nearly every single season, 
since Jarvan has been released, has been played in either the World Championships or like is literally seen at Worlds multiple times or somewhat prioritized. Think about that. Out of all the games that have been added, all the champs, sorry, added into the game. Such an old game. His like old kit, kit is so valuable it because is. of how much utility it brings. Yeah. It doesn't matter what his dam- his his stats are, yeah. whether you build him tank or whether you build him damage E-Q-O. with Warriors or, Rune- or, or Cinderhulk. His, his engage, his peel, his lockdown is unparalleled. Like, it's one of the best kits in the game. And that's why, no matter the jungle meta, Jarvan always gets seen. It always gets seen. And that is what a good champion design should be. Shouldn't be no matter the numbers, the kid is just great. And you can always find a way to get like get things done with that champion. And it has a it's so unique. No other champion does what Jarvan does. It's awesome. I love that. And I was looking back and I'm just thinking, like, wow, that's cool. Yeah, like Elise's and Leeson's kits are way more advanced than Jarvan's. In a way. Yeah. Like they're more complicated. Yeah. But Jarvan's just like this. I mean, but Jarvan. I mean, I don't know. It's always weird. There's no way we see him at this world, right? Like he's. Uh, I'm not. I, he's I, I didn't write. I'm not writing him out. I think it's unlikely, useless. but I'm not writing him out now. Before, I mean, again, another important point to make here in 2013, right? To put it in perspective, you know, Faker's one year younger than us. Only I, one I year. I don't know. It feels so weird, but yeah, I guess that makes sense. He's only one year younger. So, but you know how we say we're so old, we can't yeah. play the game. He's only he's one year. He's a veteran younger. man. Yeah, he's, he's only one year younger, dude, and he nearly made. He started again. his career at 17, literally. So any excuse you have in your mind, I'm like 24 and I still can't play the game. He's 24 mm. now. Mm. And still playing at the highest level. still playing at the highest level. And one of the best mid-laners in the world, you know, up there. And to put that in perspective. Now, in 2013, he was 17 years old. Uzi, AD Karen, the other team, was 16. He's born in 1997. Yeah. Think, just put that in perspective. You're on the world stage playing at the highest level. Fame. And he's innovated. And he literally innovated the way Eyes. to play mid lane. And he's 17. And Uzi, again, at the peak of 80 carry, the and hardest role you know, at that back then. You know, was 16. Interesting thing about that, because you know how we talk about, you know how we talked about in the last couple of podcasts, the importance of solo queue over like being a competitive player. Faker, rank one solo queue, literally plucked out of solo queue. Literally, remember his first game? He like solo killed Ambition. Ambition, mid. yeah. And Ambition was one of the best mid laners yeah. in the world. He literally like like hard, like looks like it. I remember it was Nidalee into Karzix yeah. and he like and evolved. He evolved and just died. So you see the solo queue? Like he innovated just from being incredibly good at the game. Remember remember he was a normal games player? He played a lot of normal games. He was rank one like MMR in normal games yeah. or whatever. Yeah, you know? he just grinded. Switches to ranked, gets rank one. And then he's like, you know, everyone's copying. He's playing... Gragas, Zed. Do put the mic in your mouth. Sorry, I always mess that up. Um, so yeah, that's that's um, that was the rise of Faker. That was crazy, dominance, man. man. That was so awesome to watch. I want I want to read out to you the group stage. By the way, this is these are the the teams that okay. were in this, this thing. So there was only two groups. There wasn't four groups. There was only um, so it was weird the way that it worked. If you were like number, if you finished um, number one in your um, like region or something like that you would skip skip group stages. Wait, but it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. SKT, didn't, did they win that season three? I actually know nothing about the group because stages. Because Narjan Blackstore, so they they dodged No, I, No, but I swear Narjan versus SKT in the semis or something. Yeah, like. that was super close. They, that was a close one, yeah, right? Yeah, that was really close. Yeah, so I mean, I can show you this here, but this was a group, so um, group was that, A. Was that mid laner Goong or something? Gong or Goong? Do you know there's Narjan's mid laner? I didn't write that down, no. Oh, okay, it's all good. Uh, so SKT... OMG, that's when cool. They were very. They good. were very good. So this, very this is where good. China started being good. I think they were the first like Chinese team. Oh no, sorry, WA was the first Chinese team that started doing really good. And, and then Star Horn World Club. 
Uh, that, that, remember, that was called Royal Club at this stage. Club. So, Lemon Dogs, that's the EU team. That yeah. was with... That was Nuke was Duck? Nuke Duck, yeah. Nuke Duck? Yeah. And you know, this was when Deficio was playing, you know? Yeah, was he playing? Deficio on, was a player. On Lemon Dogs. He, no, he didn't play for Lemon Dogs. He played for Copenhagen. Got it. Wolves or something. But they, 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 they oh, no, he played for Nip. Was it Ninjas, and Ninjas and Pajamas. And then that was his final year as a player. And then the year after, he became a caster. Got it. Man, that was so early, But man. you know, he actually tried to do it, be a coach or something. And then he like gave up. I think it was only a few months and then he went straight to casting. Because he was on the analyst desk for Worlds at 20, yeah, 20, 2013. And then he's like, oh, this is cool. And they obviously enjoyed his, his casting, his insight. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that's a good career progression. Definitely. Lemon Dogs for TSM absolutely shit the bed. Two and six came fourth in groups. Um, Fnatic went seven and one in their group. They were top of their was group. Was Reckless playing then? No, that was Pinoy. Was it Pinoy? So I think I think I think the roster that because remember I think was Reckless too young I think he was too young to play I actually don't even know I actually don't know I think it was Pinoy I remember and he's actually pretty good uh, people were actually saying maybe Reckless won't replace him uh, all right, I got to press yeah. that again so I right, fine keep talking so what else did you want to cover in 2013 because that's um, all I've got I mean that's for me that's all I think about in terms of what's meaningful in 2013 well I just want to quickly go over the the, the knockout stage so, yeah, so Fnatic um, Gambit was Moscow Five they did really well they yep. advanced the groups. Samsung Ozone. Oh my god, I wish I knew who was on that team. That would be interesting to see who that roster was because Samsung was season four, right? That was um was that was Pawn on that team or Dade or I'm not sure, but they didn't Amp. make it out of the groups. Think about that. How interesting is that? Korea, Samsung, Ozone didn't even beat Fnatic or Gambit. Yeah. So Korea SKT were kind of an anomaly, right? In a yeah, way. Yeah. 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 Uh, so team Vulcan NA absolutely you know three five zero remember Gaming Gear Gaming Gear EU that's a wild card team they came one yeah seven. they beat one of, I think they beat T I think they beat TSM yeah I know there was, was like a meme. meme there was a meme yeah yeah uh, all right so then yeah so then um, SKT dominated um, who's GAB Gambit is it no does this matter do we can we I don't think there's anything any point in going more on. Royal destroyed um, OMG Royal Club. Oh, yeah. Uh, Fnatic beat C9. Oh, so Fnatic's roster, I think, was uh, Soaz, Cyanide, uh, Xpeke, Pinoy, and Yellowstar. Oh, right. Yep. That makes sense. So they beat Cloud9, and then... And Cloud9 at the time, that was when it was, like, high and stuff, right? Yeah, high, And Meteos, that was season three. That's when the C9 domination that started was, happening, right? They were hyped for that world. They were very good at the time. Yeah. And remember, these are all best of threes, by That's the way. It's crazy how bad NA's always been. Like, think about that. That was, like... When NA was like nearly at its peak in a way, right? C9, that no, was in, in terms of how dominant they were, like they were very, yeah, good they team. were very good. I mean, they went insane record. That was insane like, record. That was, like that, the most, that, was, that was straight from amateur. No one knew who they, they innovated were. the way to play the game. Yeah. And they just got dominated. Meteos had a really good solid jungle. This is around. crazy. NA, man, like they had, there's no reason. I mean, obviously, there is a reason and, and EU should be better. It's because of population, yeah. right? Yeah. But they had a pretty big first mover's advantage. Surely, with all their traditional sport knowledge as well in, in North America, and like, surely someone there would have realized, okay, we have something cool we can build off. It's not like they, they didn't have the talent. It's not, I don't even think they were losing individually, were they? I mean, I can't really tell you, but was it individual or was it just team play? Well, like, unfortunately, we actually never saw NA versus a, a TSM versus SKT. And then that's it. That's all we got to see. Right. For, for NA versus... It was, NA just got knocked out by EU. Bam. So quick. Vulcan gone. TSM gone. And C9 just... And C9 automatically made the knockouts because the group stage, yeah. because, um, I mean, sorry, the, they yeah, won. the playoffs, because they won, they were number yeah. one seed. So yeah, that series, I remember, I didn't, 
So then it was SKT versus Narjan, Black Shield, and then that was a 3-2. I think that was a very close series. I remember Zed being in that game, but that's all I remember. And then Royal Club beat Fnatic 3-1, and then SKT destroyed Royal Club 3-0. Destroyed, yeah. Remember how quick that series, I was at your house, how quick, so quick that series went? And you know, this is where this, the, the Uzi thing started. This is where Uzi started That's where he got his name. He was, yeah. a, I mean, he was a prodigy, man. Yeah, this is where Uzi, st- I mean, yeah, playing like that at that age, at 16, that's where his name really started to come into play. So the Royal Club roster, Curtis, by the way, was uh, Godlike, I think it was Lucky, Whites, Uzi, and Tabe. 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 Tabe is and such he, an interesting character. He's an interesting character. And think about SKT. That was Impact. Impact, Bengi, Bengi Faker, Piglet, Pumandu. And I'm pretty sure the year after Pumandu, did he become a coach? SKT's roster. Pumandu. Um, he oh, did, right? Uh, potentially. What happens to SKT's... I didn't write that down. What happens to SKT's roster? Yeah. Season so season, season four. So season four, SKT didn't make it. Which was really surprising, but I, I, I should have Let's talk about, that. I'm excited to talk about season four because season okay. four, this is when things get very spicy. Yeah. So when I think of season four, I just get in awe of Samsung. Yeah. Like, remember when all the teams had sister teams and like, remember it was SKTS or something? It was SKTK and SKTS or something I like that. I think the SKT one sucked, the other one sucked. And there was, wasn't one of them with Easy Hoon and one so with Fake or something like that? White Shield and Black Shield, right? Something like that. Yeah. And, I, and all I remember there was two SKTs. Yeah. Remember there was that hype video? You remember the that hype was a video? Really everyone loved that, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, I used to love all the OG and intros, but it was like the um, SKT, both the teams and all that. Anyway, Samsung White winning Worlds and Samsung Blue coming third, fourth. Like, isn't that ridiculous? Think about that in, in a traditional sport. <laughs> like, your sister, team. your sister team also comes in the... Like, how's it allowed? That's the crazy thing. How's it actually allowed? But anyway. So, the let's quickly go over the group stage first for... Um, well, no, to set the scene, this was the year that Samsung won Worlds. Samsung White. White this was right. the team where it had... Uh, Looper, Dandy, Porn, Imp, Marta. Yep. And this was when Dandy was pretty hype. This was also when, um, this is actually, when was, what was the meta like in this year? This was when it was, I know Imp played a lot of Twitch. Marta was a thresh god. This was where that that lane really come into play. This is when I know that a lot of teams also liked playing, I mean, uh, RNG, or was it, sorry, the Royal Club or RNG at the time? That was Starhorn Royal Club. Royal Club. They, um, their roster was Cola, Insect. Corn Uzi Zero. And I remember they always used to play like they tried to play with like Lulu mid and like buff up Uzi and make yeah. him 1v9, but yeah. it just didn't work. Yeah. And this is when Corky Eddie Carry also really come into play. But anyway, this always fascinated me because it was like, wow. An organization had a team that won worlds and they had, a, had an, another team that come third fourth. I mean the semifinal was essentially the grand final. Samsung uh white versus blue Pretty and, and they three yeah. zero just destroyed remember deft was, and a crying, was after crying yeah and like impact but deft was like i'm pretty sure deft significantly younger than imp because i'm pretty sure deft actually looked up to imp yeah he did that's right i'm yeah. pretty sure he's younger significantly younger than imp and imp, imp was kind of like a role model to him and that he talks about that i think he spoke about that recently in an interview and he and he was saying in an interview now that deft wanted to be like that role model for for people on his team because you know how they have like that young support carrier now? He's like 17, that carrier guy. And they're going to Worlds, right? But anyway. I don't, I don't know him. 
So I feel like Deft was pretty much as good, maybe mechanically, but Impa just had way more knowledge. I also found like he Born, also had a better support. Better support. Marta was significantly Marta was, better than it was. Marta was, it was hard, Marta's right? one of the greatest players. Um, at his peak to play the game. Like when I think, yeah, me too. If I would like, you know, sometimes there are people who pick like an all-star team yeah. of like a roster yeah. in like a traditional sport like yeah. basketball, you know, I'm a Michael Jordan, Scotty Piven, then I have like Larry Bird and like, you know, all the Kobe Bryant, whatever. I If I would have each player at their peak, you would have to have Faker. Yep. You can't really deny no, that. He's uh, definitely mid laner, yep. You would 100% Marta. Yep. He had who it have to be. Uzi. Uzi at his peak. Yeah. What about in terms of top lane? This was just hard because I actually was a massive fan. Remember Smeb? Smeb. Smeb when Smeb. he was at his yeah, peak. I think it's Smeb, yeah. Was that when he was on Rocks Tigers? Was it Rocks Tigers, right? Or S- Crew Tigers? Smeb was uh, on the, you know how right do the 2016, you know the, um, the top um, 20 players? Yeah. Smeb was no number one on their list. That was in 2016. 2016. This is the list for 2016. Wait, 2016. That was when it was... Who Who was Smeb playing for then? Smeb was playing for Koo. Like, there was a GE Tigers that become Koo Tigers. Ah, okay. And they no, they actually came oh, third, fourth that year. Yeah. they Because they, that was yeah, the year right. before they versed they SKT the in the final. grand final, right? Yeah. yeah. So this is was, this was the 2016 top 20 uh, playlist, by the way. Just things. So Smeb, Faker, Deft, Clear Love, Peanut. Right. Okay, let's jump back. Yeah, let's so, jump anyway, back to this. 2014. Yep. Now... When I think of this as well, I feel like this was the first proper season where the game actually started to be more about the map and not about the laning phase. This is when um, lane swaps really started to come into play. This is when it was incredibly complicated lane swaps where level one, you had to deep ward yeah. to see if they were swapping level one. Yeah. So the reason people could get away oh, with the deep ward, Twitch yeah. and like weak laners mm. was because... You could lane swap level one and there was no tower plates and the top tower was equally as weak or strong as the bot tower. So there was no disadvantage matter. of swapping top. So your job as a team in terms of competitive macro, you had to your whole team had to be incredibly um, all understand how the lane swaps worked. And the, and the funny thing is about lane swaps is what used to happen, right? Because top laners could just get dived by the enemy AD carry support and jungle. They had to double jungle and get like level two sometimes. With the jungle. They had to do three camps with their jungler and I get level that. two, that was remember? Season four, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So you had to like double jungle and then the jungle would like sometimes escort you and maybe protect you for a dive, help you catch that wave, and then you could like navigate the that was probably easily. That, that stage, that's when Riot started like really changing the game. That, that's I think that, that after that season, that's when Riot started to enforce a meta. Yeah, because it was they realized that it got out of control. Because I, the, the game started becoming too complicated. Too complicated. For, for the new player. But in saying that, I do believe that was when the game was actually quite... A, it was fun to watch. That's all. Yeah, I think it was awesome. Because I actually liked it when it was a bot-centric game. Because yeah, so. you know what happened? The game is now... Every, every season, the yeah. game is less about bot lane. You yeah. know that. So every season now, it's yeah. more about like mid jungle. It's it used to be season two, like all these seasons, season two, season three, season four. It was hardcore bot lane. It was all about mechanics, winning lane, bot lane. It was all bot lane favorite. That's why as well, Uzi could like carry, um, Imp and and Marta would carry largely. Yes, you we saw things like some. We saw a lot of like Rumble top. We saw a lot of Renekton. We saw like Elise Renekton. We saw a lot of aggressive top side. But at the end of the day, it was majority... Everyone hyped up AD carries. AD carries were the most hyped players. And then it shifted slowly to top lane and then back to mid lane because... Um, top lane was popular in season, season five. five and six. And season stuff, five, yeah. because season five... Um, actually, t- 
to be honest with you, season four, it actually did start because season four, that was when we saw the Korean aggressive top laners. That's when we saw like Smeb and Marin versus each other when it was no, like... Season four was Looper was a top laner for Samsung White. Oh, sorry. That was it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, Marin was SKT. Yeah, because season five, that's when Smeb and Marin come into play. And yeah. season five was when it shifted from bot lane to top lane. Mm. Right? Because everyone was seeing, we seeing like Kennen, Rumble, Nah, a lot of these ex- Renekton exciting top laners comparatively to like... It was a Shen, Maokai, Malphite. It was all like tanky top laners in like season three, season four. But anyway. Can I read out the group stage for season four, by the way? Again, I love the group stage. Why do you like the group stage? I love it because the best of ones I think is so interesting to me. Um, okay. So group A, Samsung, White, 6-0, hardcore, just destroy everyone. That is, this is a pretty obvious group. And then EDG, Edward Gaming. And then it was AHQ and Dark Passage who didn't make it out. Dark Passage, obviously, wildcard yeah. team. Dark Passage are from Turkey? Are they Turkey or are they um, Latin America? The Turkey team, yeah. A pretty short turn. I respect Turkey, man. Yeah. Turkey is a good region. Yeah. Turkey is a very good region. Group B was Starhorn World Club and TSM made it out. Uh, so the, the, the theme that I wrote down here for season four, <laughs> EU shit the band. Oh, really? No one out of groups. Uh, SK Gaming, Fnatic, and Alliance got kaboomed. Remember? Oh, the kaboom me. So remember, That's where that started. Alliance finished. They won. They, they were like a super team. Alliance. Yeah, Alliance. Yeah. You know, this was when they were just dominating. Who was on Who was on Alliance? They had Froggen, right? Was that the Froggen team with Wicked? That was, yeah, Froggen, yeah. Froggen, Wicked, and stuff like that. So uh, I think Kaboom, if, if Alliance didn't win one of those, if they lost to Kaboom, then Cloud9 automatically made it out. So then they said, that's when, you know. Oh, yeah, Kaboom meme. Yeah. 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 Uh, Nigel White Shield and Cloud9 made out of Group D. Um, group C was Samsung, uh, Blue, OMG. OMG, Fnatic, and LMQ. LMQ was the first LMQ full was Chinese s- team. In a. People don't even know that. That's Brazilian such a, stuff. Oh my god! Yeah. I can't believe that was allowed. Yeah, a full, full Chinese team, team in NA went to NA. Yeah, and won. Oh, they didn't win, right? They came second. They came. No, they came. They were third team. Yeah. Third team. Yeah, that's so weird to me. It was C9 on TSM and, and so OMG. weird. So that was, that was actually very different. That was before group. the import rules, right? So you could yeah, uh, they changed it after after that, that season. season. Yeah. Oh, that makes so much sense, actually. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. All right. So then now we make it to the uh, season four knockout stage. I... Oh, wait, wait. This was season four. This is actually when, by the way, because season four before the import rule, season five import rules came in. You could only have two, right? And season five, that's when teams started getting Korean imports. Season season five is when, that, when, is when, uh, was when, sorry, Korean imports started. Season four, there was no imports. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I think there was one team that did a weird Korean import. No, it was yeah, CLG no, and NA. It was that one Monte Cristo when he worked for CLG. Oh yeah, sorry. Uh, in season what four, was his name? he was so hard when he came to. And Korean he guy. but he shit the bed, and he yeah. actually st- stuck around for ages and learned English. I've actually but he was like kind of toxic. I can't, I forgot that guy's name. Yeah, but that was the only import, wasn't it? He was the only Kore- like Korean import into NA. Yes, at that time, and yeah. then and then season five, that's when like the the surge started. Yeah, yeah. Groups, uh, sorry, knockout stage now for... Um, so this is when I thought TSM has their best ever performance at Worlds, by the way. Season 2014. Two was on the season four TSM roster. Amazing, Dyrus, Lust Boy, Wild Turtle, and Bjergsen. Oh my God, dude. They, they, Wait, so was this, was they, this Dyrus' they, last season? <sighs> no, it wouldn't have been, no way. I think 20... No, it wouldn't have been, no. I think 2015 was. Okay. I, should, I should know that. Um, TSM took a game off Samsung White, and the series was actually not that one-sided. Really? Yeah, if you go back. I remember we were at uh, Where did we EB Expo. We were at EB Expo. Oh. And we were watching that. Remember like, with all the crowd and stuff like that? And I, I remember sitting there, ring- oh, holy shit, TSM. Oh, my God. They, didn't, they don't look completely gapped by Korea here. 
And and this is that's where I think that TSM that was the best showing they've ever had at Worlds. But this was before TSM started to overcomplicate things. Wait, they had Lust Boy. They had an import, dude. Oh, they had an import. Oh, yeah. wow. So season four must have been imports. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. But you know what's fascinating as well is that this was before... This was just them playing the game. It got to a point... I feel like TSM hit a wall where they're like... Oh, they started overcompl- to overcomplicate yeah. the shit out of everything. You know? I think um, all of NA did... Uh, when you we know what happened was um, the next season 2015 when CLG brought in that guy who was a not traditional sport coach. I was forgot his Weldon? name. No, not Weldon. There's another guy. Oh. and he and everyone was like, we need sporting like yeah, directors because they stuff. won, they dominated. So remember CLG? They they didn't they three zero tiers. That final. was the one we. Oh, that was when they had um, that was that weird roster. They had like Nian and Link and stuff. Was that that season? I don't know. No, it was. It was. I'm pretty sure it was Pro Belter, Double Lift, oh, uh, Afromu. Ah, uh, double. Yeah, Double Lift. That was when they had Double Lift and and Afromu. Yeah, you're right. Who? Anyway, so who he? Who he? Also, no, that no. Who he was a mid laner. Yeah. Who he? Yeah. Um. So yeah. So then um. Again, going through knockouts. So Cloud Nine lost. lost it. Look, look at and I and it's a versus. Why are we two going through all teams. these games? Because it's too so much for people to, okay, okay, to okay. digest, man. We need to. See okay, and then and then Samsung and then it was literally in the semifinals for um season four. Was yeah, Samsung White, Samsung Blue, which I think was the grand final of that world's. Yeah, that happens um, sometimes. Samsung yeah. White three zero, and then it was Star and World Club versus OMG. That was a close. That's series. so funny. Korea versus Korea and China versus, versus China. China. And like the, the two semis. best teams, That's and then insane. from each region, China versus Korea and Samsung. So Galaxy, both three twos, three one. Oh no, that, sorry, the the OMG versus yeah, oh, okay, that was a three. That was two. a three two, okay. and then Samsung versus White versus Blue was just hardcore three zero. Okay, interesting. So is there anything else you got for season four? That was a pretty. That was a very interesting season. Yeah, that was that was yeah. Again, I think you had a good point there. Was when that was when. Um, oh, also that's when playmaking support started to come into play. Really, that was when like it was. It wasn't just like enchanter supports because we used to see a lot of Jana, Lulu, things like that in season three. Season four was when we started seeing Thresh, Alistar, Shan, and just playmaking supports. The game actually completely shifted in season four to an aggressive style. You know, it was actually, that was when we, the Korean aggression really come into play, I think. Was that season four? Sorry, sorry. No, sorry. That's season five. I'm getting mixed up here. Yeah. Season four, we did see Thresh and stuff like that, but there was still a lot of enchanters. But season five is when it really changed. Because that's what I've actually got here. And you know what's fascinating? You know, another champion that's basically seen in every season, no matter what, that? is Renekton. Yeah. Renekton, if you look back, season three, season four, season five, it's literally banned or like picked it's in the picked, first phase. And now it's back as well. Now, right it's always. Now. I mean, yeah. it always it's always has. Renekton is, again, you know why? Point yeah. and click stuns ha- and, and, and champions with mobility as well with a point and click. You can't put a value on that. Mm. Point and click stun. Broken by concept. Is broken by concept. <laughs> Gap closes are broken by concept. Yeah. Sometimes. They are just no, they're flat out back to work. So a champion with a gap closer, a not with a, a point and click stun with a gap with a gap closer. That is ridiculous because the amount of gang setup that's where at least Renekton started to come out. You know, all these it's so much gang setup, it's ridiculous. Anyway, season five, season five. Now, this is this is what I got here. This is where the real Korean aggression started because this is where this was where the top laners started getting all the focus. Smeb and Marin, Smeb was like the person everyone was looking at heading into season five. Playing the top lane. So that was Q Tigers, Smep. Yep. yep. Q Tigers playing Smep. And that was when um, it was all like Rumble meta. We played, a, it was like more carry tops. It was a carry oriented top lane meta. And we never really saw carry oriented tops before. We, we kind of did, but it really wasn't until season uh, this season. And this is when junglers, again, were like, they'll be, you know, they were basically first picking Rek'Sai. I was looking at the games. They're yeah. literally like, 
super high hardcore high pressure junglers because top side like it was like yeah. rumble rexi or j4 um rumble and like ken and jarvin it was like it was like a lot of like crazy gang setup and um early aggression and this is where again the the heavy aggressive playmaking supports came into play alistar shen support things like that and in my opinion actually season five league of legends was the pinnacle the, of the, it, performance in terms of balance balance in the i when i think of like the the way league is the when league's the most fun I think of season five because we had really unique, interesting mid picks. We saw like things like Cassidy rise. So you could play like the, the supportive side with Lulu mid, or you could also play hardcore um, scaling mids like Cassidy and rise. We also had, a, what were people picking into Cassidy? Um, I think that was when we saw a bit of Jace mid and things like that. Got it. I'm not hundred percent sure. Cause I yep. just saw, I think one of the matchups I tuned into with, with Faker it was like Cassidy versus rise. Got it. But anyway, then, so you have a somewhat playish make. There's a lot of utility, but playmaking potential in mid, which is not some crazy early, like crazy assassin. Then we have like utility slash team fighting, early aggression through top lane. It's like kind of like off tank, like Nah, Cannon, Rumble, Renekton. We have aggressive junglers, which I love. I love aggressive junglers in the meta. Absolutely. Who can make plays happen. That's yeah. exciting to watch. Yeah. And, um, and then the game was just, wasn't about like a, you know, 20 minute farm fest to like 80 carries, get three, two, 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 three items. And then we just team fight. It wasn't about that anymore. And it is really, this is actually what me got. I got super excited about league actually in season five. And, um, I loved watching competitive play here. And by the way, if you think in the past, we always had interest on bot lane and top. So we had like Faker, everyone like hyped up Faker, everyone hyped up like Imp and all these players. And then, yeah, it was Smeb versus Marin. Everyone was talking about the top laner, the top, the, the top laners. Which I found really, really interesting. So, um, SKT came back. SKT came back. The only people that were still on the roster from there when they were the most dominant was uh, Bengi and obviously Faker, right? So, the roster for SKT in, in 2015, what was that? Marin, Bengi, Faker, Easy Hoon. Bengi actually at his prime was pretty insane in yes. terms of an intelligence. Ben- Bengi player. isn't talked about enough. Bengi's not talked about, but because. He was always in Dandy Shadow, wasn't he? Da- wasn't Dandy the hype jungler? Yeah, From and then, then Peanut came around the Peanut, as well. Yeah, because yeah. he was never a carry one, but he always no, enabled. because Peanut was on rocks, rocks tigers, yeah. and everyone hyped up Peanut because he's yeah. like the cute little, looked like a K-pop star, yeah. but he was actually really good. Yeah. Uh, so the remember, so this is the first time we can talk about that as well. Is when Faker and Easy Hoon they they started subbing people in and out. Oh, really? Was this the first time people did that? At yeah. Worlds? Yeah. But I didn't. It didn't really seem like it was intelligent though, because every time Easy Hoon played, it was like, yeah, <laughs> it didn't seem like they got anything it, for it. Everyone says that, like, everyone <laughs> says it's like he didn't really win worlds. You know, yeah. he's not really a world champion. Yeah. Uh, Bang and Wolf came onto the scene as well, so that was Bang. And, and you Wolf. know what the fascinating thing about season five? This was when Fnatic had Hooney and Rainover. Yes, and, and they, they did really well. They dominated. They dominated. You. And this was when, yeah, and was this the first proper Korean imports into EU? Yes, I'd say that that was when it was successful. And yeah. this is when, by the way, they still had Yellowstar and Daylor was the legendary yes, coach. Yeah. So Daylor was actually probably one of the most... One I'm of so disappointed. Characters. I'm so disappointed Daylor quit. Yeah. Imagine what would have happened if Daylor actually stick, stuck around in EU, in esports. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, Daylor was the head coach of Fnatic. So he had a chess background, right? Yeah. Was, was it, it chess or was it poker? Oh, I think it was, it was poker. poker. Yeah, poker. So yeah. Daylor was an incredibly intelligent person. And he was a he innovated stuff. He had that amazing roster with season five. With that was when they had recklesses, right? Right? 
Yeah. It was Reckless, Yellow Star, Hooney, Rainover. And who was the mid laner? I don't know who the mid laner was. Oh, it would have been Forbidden. Forbidden? Yeah. All right. Whatever. Doesn't really matter. Anyway, Daylor was an incredibly intelligent man. And he quit after season five. After they had that amazing performance, didn't he? Pretty sure that was his last season. He only did one season with them. I think he did a season and a half and he quit after split one. But anyway, this dude, he quit for coaching poker. He was a private poker coach. Yeah. Just be careful. You're not going to like oh, screw the mic oh, up. Um, and he was a, he went to become a private poker coach. Yeah. So that dude was a definition of like, I can put my, if I put my mind to this, I can do it. Yeah. He had just such a strategic mind. Yeah, a very And then he mind. made more money. So his justification was he made more money coaching people privately. And he didn't want to deal with players shit. Poker. I didn't want to, yeah, didn't want to deal with players shit. So I was like, I'm just going to coach people in poker and make more money and, and leave. And then he ended up developing his own keyboard and mouse, which seemed like a bit of a failure, to be honest. I mean, I don't really see anyone use it. Yeah. It was like one of those weird keyboards and mouse. You know, it's like... An ergonomic... An ergonomic keyboard. weird keyboard. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, I don't know anyone who uses them personally, but anyway. And for me, that makes me really sad. Because when I see an, an incredibly intelligent person that, that had that much success early on in his career... It's like, what could that guy have brought to EU? Maybe that, imagine him and G2 or something. You know, what, like what would have happened? Interesting. And um, it it's way. just sad. I always think about that. It's so sad. And, um, and this was actually the season actually before um, Huni got imported. So he had this amazing performance. Huni had this amazing performance on Fnatic. And the next year in 2016, he got, imp- he got, went back onto SKT. No, he didn't. That's 2017. Really? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Sh- oh yeah. Sorry. 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 Wait, Huni played in two seasons? Two of seasons Fnatic? of Fnatic. I'm pretty sure oh, that was 2015, 2016. Yeah. Ah, okay. 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 That's why I'm, I'm pretty certain Daylor was, um, yeah, he stayed but for a little bit longer. What, what I don't understand is why was Huni imported? You know, he was only a trainee on Samsung Galaxy. He actually okay. had no competitive experience. Interesting. Rainover made sense because he already had like two or three years of competitive experience as a jungler. But Huni was a complete solo queue. He was a complete gamble. I, I think there was a story about it, but he was, yeah, a, ra- a random solo queue player. What was Rainover's story? He played like, comp- I saw his background. It was like, he played for like that team, um, I am. I don't incredible know what incredible miracle. Yeah, incredible miracle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he played for incredible miracle for like two or three years as a jungler, and then he like, yeah, then he went to to um to Fnatic. But but Huni never made sense to me because I think maybe they wanted like an experienced Korean jungler, which kind of made sense. But f- yeah, Huni was a weird one. And to be honest with you, that was a huge gamble. That could have completely backfired because we know importing someone who doesn't even speak the language is an absolute. We've like we've done that before. Mm. It's an absolute shit show. Yeah. <laughs> it's difficult. It has its own set of challenges. I don't think... I think difficult is an understatement. Yeah. I mean, I think difficult is... Because it's not just the language, it's the cultural difference. And when you get into the thick... Like, let's talk about that for a second, actually. Okay. Let's talk about importing. Yep. Because no one... So, so this is from importing to Western culture, right? So from, from Korea... From an Asian... An Asian country? Yeah. To a... To a Western team? Yep. What team is actually successfully imported? You okay, would say Fnatic, right? Yeah, in that sense, Fnatic is one of the few teams. Um, I mean, Lost Boy was a success for TSM. TSM. He was pretty well done. I don't know many others. I mean, Rainover again, yeah. E- EU has traditionally out after that. EU's never done had good imports ever again. It's just four EU teams are always the best. And then, and then NA 
had a lot of imports. Yeah, NA they? just imported. The they imported Crown the eventually down the line. Yeah. That seemed like a bit of a shit show. Yeah, NA, NA have completely fucked up imports. Yeah, I'm pretty sure all the time. But in our experience, we did so we did it in Diwals in 2019. Yeah, and we had two Korean imports in Split Two. Mechanically and in terms of their mind of the game was amazing. Right, you can't deny that they were objectively better than the people we could get in Oceania. But there is so much, there's so much stuff around it, man. Like there's the okay, they, they, there's no doubt about it. They, massive. They beat the they they bring the individual skill. They definitely they bring the individual, individual, skill. individual skill. But it's the cultural difference is unbelievably big in terms of okay, specifically in terms of how they view the game. Like philosophically, or how they view the game at a, at a fundamental level, they are taught in, in Korean solo queue or even in their own competitive teams to play the game at a completely different way to most Western teams. So they have to like relearn the game essentially, and they get frustrated so easily because they can see how the game should be played or the get the way they've played the game and get results. But imagine trying to explain something to someone or articulate to something to someone when you don't have the language to do that. How frustrating that would be. Absolutely, and 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 it's all boiled up because it's like scrim. It gets bottled up lose. for so long, like, like and they lose a little trust. thing might happen. Trust is lost, um, and then it gets toxic. Like these players are just trash. Yeah, it's so easy to turn into an absolute. You, you essentially can't solve the problems because you just don't simply have the communication to be able to. You don't have the tools to properly. Well, because solve a lot problems. of the time it's a mindset, or it's a, the, the way you fundamentally view yeah, I mean, the situation, you, you, or the champion's identity. How do you imagine if you don't have any of these languages, these terms? What do you say? And trusting your teammates. Is very important. As soon as you lose trust in your teammates, it's, it's very difficult. It's very to, difficult to come, to come back. back. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, so what I want to talk about for season uh, five as well, Curtis, is SKT came back and was this? We we talking about season five still? Season five, yeah. yeah. We're talking about season five, and there's something to it. An athlete, a player, who who literally think about it. Think about. Think about the rise and the fall, right? SKT, We're talking about Faker. Yeah, Faker. Yeah. And SKT, the organization. And, you know, even Bengi is grouped into yeah. this because they, they um, you know, came together again. Um, so you're the most hyped, people calling you, the, what is it, Unkillable Demon King season three, best player of all time, like just domination. Season four, you don't make worlds. So you went, you're from the top, 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 yep, top to, to like bottom. rock bottom. Yeah, to rock bottom. Yep. And then the next year, and then you come, come back, back and then with the same team. And win. With the same organization, with your same jungler. And you come back and you win and you beat a super G Tigers. Crew Tigers was very hyped at that time, by the way. They were. So yeah. uh, Crew Tigers was there. Smeb, Hojin, Kuro, Prey Gorilla. I mean, Prey Gorilla, that was super Prey famous. was, yeah, Prey and Gorilla, the bot lane. They, they were the best hyped. bot in the world, right? Wait, Gorilla got imported. He's been pretty well, hasn't he? Yeah, I think so. He's, on... He's in NA, isn't he? Gorilla? No, he went to EU. Who did he go to? I actually completely uh, wait, who's, who's the support that went to 100 Thieves was a complete failure. Was it the ADC? Oh, that was bang, sorry. Poor JJ's been a, a good import yeah. as well. Yeah. He's been okay. So there's been some decent... Oh, yeah, Impact as well. Impact as well, right? Oh, Impact, yeah. So they come back. Oh, yeah, so I also noted as well, and uh, consistency and showing up constantly. This is what makes a great player. Uzi was the first ever player in League of Legends history to show up in the grand final twice in a row. He never. He didn't shit the bed ever, did he? No, he was always. He was, he was always pretty consistent. By far the best player on his team. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Uzi was the first ever player, and then the the next two players were Bengi and Faker because they won in season three. Mm. They show up again in season five. Um, consistency showing up, and I mean, you know, and then we have season six that we can get to as well, right? Like, um, 
we, we I think we're we're happy with season five, right? Because I just want to jump into season yeah, six. Yeah, yeah, I want to jump into season six. So I what have what I have here for season six is that um Okay, so what do I got here? So, okay, so so season six. So it's twenty sixteen. So who what was this was the SKT versus Samsung Galaxy when Oh yeah, quickly sorry, twenty fifteen. I also want to talk about again going back to the, the consistency thing. Uh, God V was the most hyped up mid laner, of, uh, hugely. God V. God V. You know, versus him in solo queue. Oh really? In Korea. Yeah. LGD God V, right? Yeah. And then they absolutely should the remember he was called Gold V. He was oh, number no. three on their top twenty players. Oh no! In going into uh, Worlds twenty fifteen, and then that guy disappeared. He, he disappeared. He, off the he face became of the a PUBG player. X. Uh, so public opinion. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Public opinion would completely destroy that guy's career. Probably. Um, some people don't rise up to the occasion, do they? Some people, and some people just aren't built out for it. And how interesting was that? Literally so hyped, God V, like people saying he's got, and literally group stage, they got obliterated. You know what's also interesting as well is that people don't think about this. People, people, okay. There's a massive difference in terms of the play. So in terms of winning a, in order to win a championship and to be a, a world-class player, you can be as good as you want in solo queue. You can even be as good as you want in scrims. You have to be able to show up when it matters on stage and meet up to the pressure. Consistently. Consistently. Not just one game, yep. every single game. Yep. You know, like, people don't talk about that. That is what makes certain players incredibly valuable and incredibly rare. They actually may not even be good in scrims. But there's people that love the pressure. They want it. They want thrive the spotlight on. They thrive in it. They, yeah, they don't just... They don't just adapt. They don't just like be okay with it. They thrive in it. And I definitely think um, there's some of those players genuinely play better under the pressure. Who would you say? Who are specific players that are very good under pressure? Faker's always... I don't think Faker plays better. I think he's just a robot. He's he plays just, the same level every single yeah, time. Yeah. I actually... One player that always... Surprised, I mean, believe it or not, I kind of feel like Cooney... Doesn't play scared, even though he's in a high-pressure situation. Yeah, okay. Like, yes, he has a bit of a chaotic play style Too with the Hooney, yeah. but I did respect Hooney in the sense that he didn't... Like, he would int on stage. And I liked that. I liked that he was always this aggressive player, no matter what. Like, he wasn't going to just randomly pl play like a bitch just because he's in a high-pressure situation. And I actually really respected that. Yes, he didn't play the best all the time, but I respect that as a player. Um, off the top of my head, I think Crown was incredibly consistent. Crown just really impressed me as a player back then. But we'll get to that in a second, actually, because I do want to touch on Crown later on. Um, now, talk to me about 2016. What have you got here? So 2016, um, SKT are back. Wait, so you sure 20, 20, season five? So Sorry, just as a quick fast forward here. 2016, was this when Samsung... Galaxy lost to SAT. Yes, three two. And then in 2017 they came back. They came back and they destroyed. Okay, yep. this Got is it. the most. This is a very fascinating story. I love this story. This storyline is probably one of my favorite actually I mean, in world history. This is this is the dynasty of SKT, dude. You know, like this 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 season six it was like they. Just no, I I, I I actually the other way around. I think this is where I gained the ridiculous amount of respect for Samsung. Okay, wait, well, oh, man, we'll go season to six or season. Right, let's just start with yeah, season, season six. Right. Start with season six. All right, season six. Um. Faker, Bang Wolf, 
and Bengi is still on that team. So SKT did very little roster changes. SKT? But SKT... No, didn't they change... They did Marin for Duke. They Marin to Duke, yeah. yeah. And they still had Bengi, right? Yeah, but, but Bengi... So Bengi did a sub in and out with Blank. Right, yeah. Um, so that team is, you know, still pretty solid there. Um, and then Samsung... Um, does that just called Samsung because the sister team? Samsung Galaxy. Samsung Galaxy. Cuve, yep. Ambition, eventually he switched from, yeah, from mid to jungle. Crown, as you were talking about, Ruler and Core JJ. And Core JJ was on Team Dignitas on NA, right? What? Yeah, Team Dignitas. Oh, he was. NA. And he comes, you know, like literally like the Dignitas did terrible, right? He wasn't even there. He went from, tw- he went from Dignitas in NA. To Samsung. To Samsung and then made the finals. Yeah, made the finals. Wow. You know, you know who also came third, fourth in respect. Rox Tigers came third, fourth that year. Okay, I didn't you know that. Have so they made the grand final. They kept the exact same roster. Rox Tigers kept the exact same roster. It was like Smeb, Kuro, whatever. Kuro, Hojin, Prey, Gorilla, and they came. Um, so they went from the grand final. Grand last final, season, and so then they came third the next yeah. year, which is incredibly impressive yeah. in my opinion. I respect that a lot. Props to them. And this was actually the um, this was the mid meta where this is actually where. The Jin Tom became OP. Yep. Jin Tom. This was, I remember this vividly. It was always the same. It was Jin Tom. It was Ash Zyra. It was like Kate Karma or Kate Morgue. It was that, this was a very weird meta. And this is when it was like Azia, Victor, Cassio meta or Oriana, things like that. And um, this is actually, okay, the, the main point I have was about Samsung. So you can go on to talk about what you had about SKT. So you know, I love the group stage. I talk about that all okay. the time. Uh, NA only C9 came out of the groups. TSM failed once again. CLG, so, so were TSM out. didn't even make out of groups. They, they did not make it out of groups. Yep. So just you know, God pretty standard. It. I so the, the year before that, zero NA teams made it out of groups. I forgot to talk about it's that. So 2015. disgraceful, man. Um, so out of group stage, we had Rocks Tigers, Albus Knox, Luna, Albus well, Knox. That, remember that? So Albus they on, beat Rocks Tigers. So remember Albus Knox were the team that played well. Was that that team? Yeah, that team. They had, couldn't scrim. They so couldn't Albus Knox just played WoW 24-7, right? Wildcard Because they had no scrim partners. No one wanted to scrim them. Dude, they had G2 and CLG in that group. CLG was coming off their... They, they don't, that was that year that was they... Was that NA CLG or EU CLG? That's... N, what do you mean? NA CLG? Yeah, CLG EU was gone. That was There's, late this, on, this right? double if... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so group stages... Uh, SKT, Cloud9... Um, yep. Flash Rules didn't make it out of groups, interestingly, that one... H2K, EDG, AHQ, Ints. Do so you know group. H2K came third, fourth that year? Yeah. Because, How weird. Because that they, they, no, because they lucked out by getting matched with Albus Knox. Ah. So they instantly made it. So we'll, we'll go into the knockouts thing now. But um, that, you know they had Yankos? H2K, play, Yankos played on H2K. Yankos is such an interesting player, eh? He is. He's such an interesting player. He's been player. around for a yeah, long time. He played a rock out as well, dude. You know, I actually had a conversation with... Um, with Yankos, I mean about about Yankos on my Discord. Or oh, someone. really? And I oh, said that. Explain. Yankos is not the type of jungler that you generally see stick around for a long time. Because if you think about it, junglers is one of those roles where it's not like it used to be where you could get away with being a very supportive style jungler. That's kind kind of what the game used to be. It used to be yeah. played around, and now jungle is an incredibly important role. I always thought Yankos wasn't, and you know, people even thought, you know, Yankos wasn't that carry style jungler. Usually, carry style junglers are similar similar to laners, where you can teach a carry jungle to be supportive, but you can't teach a a carry jungle to be aggressive in a way. Yes, that's and, right. And and when I 
saw Yank like if I were to go back in time and see Yankos like I would never think that that guy's gonna have an amazing career. I, I would agree especially like his rock out days and stuff like that yeah rock nothing out too exciting. Yeah, yeah you know HGK yeah he does his job but yeah. nothing not nothing special not doesn't nothing jumps out of you you know if you're gonna think of like a player who's gonna be around for a long time you would look at Peanut and be like okay he's a young kid he has a lot of potential like and he did well already I mean yeah and, he, and he's yeah, yeah kind of the opposite yeah and that fascinates me with Yankos. Why is that yeah, the case? Why was he... And veteran. you know what the conclusion I came to? Hmm. Is that he was just so clear on his identity as a player. He all in on it. He's like, okay, I'm going to become the master of this. Yeah. I need to find a team that I can be me. I'm not going to pretend that I'm going to be that other style of player. Yes, he can obviously play aggressive champs when he needs to. But he's definitely not a carry. And he never, he's never has been a carry on G2, right? He's definitely an excellent piece in G2. Probably, he was probably the one that... No other jungle can... I mean, there's not many jungles that could fill that, that yeah, void. I think... I and think I see right. him watching play. You watch Jankos play now. Yeah. He's actually does incredibly inefficient, weird stuff. Yeah, I love For that. his laners. Yeah. He has... He just the way he plays. Because his yeah. laners play like psychos. Yeah. He, he's the one who bites the bullet a lot of the time. And he does his job. Yeah, it's a good I point. I love that. I, I, haven't, I haven't thought... And uh, he's one, the one who's had a crazy it. career. And we're talking 2016 here, and they came third, fourth. Yes, it was a bit of luck. But they still got there and made out of quarters, you know? Yeah. But, um, and had a decent crack. But that just, yeah, that always just sticks to me. And no, also... So, so you're saying HGK made the semis, right? They made yeah, semis. They made semis right? Yeah, they made yep. semis. And I always, I always think of 2016, if you guys want to laugh or if you want to see a painful experience... Go to game five of SKT versus Samsung in the grand final and go to 36 minutes and 15 seconds in that game and you'll see Ruler. This is the game. It's game five. Game five. Ruler literally looks like he's intentionally feeding <laughs> in, a, in a game five of the world championship. He literally runs it down mid. He tunnel visions as with a, he's playing Jin. He has he pops his Yomu's Ghost Blade. He hits like a, a, a W ran. No, he hits a Q, a bounce onto the onto the um onto the bang and then he goes up for like a weird auto attack or something maybe with like a rapid fire auto or something he runs it down tunnel visions gets trundle pillared and flashes and his team just dies and then and then skt get elder and baron and they win the game and it was so weird because ruler was playing so well and he was so he was such a great player and he made that mistake and if you look at that mistake that would be so incredibly painful that's in your career that's a that can be some people's career yeah and i mean i don't want to go too far here but Samsung kept the exact same roster <laughs> after losing in a painful oh, game five yeah. and win Worlds the next year against SKT 3-0, wasn't it? Yep. So wow. just to finish up just 2016, wow. again, we're going for player consistency. Um, at this point, Faker and Bengi have been in three grand finals. They have won three. Um, they're three of three. And... Um, Bang and Wolf have now won two. They they went back to back, you know, winning. So, Who? So Bengi and Faker. So Bengi, Faker, Bang Wolf, that core. Oh, they went back to back. They went back to back. Yeah. So they beat um, Crew Tigers and they beat Samsung. Samsung, yeah. that's right. That's correct. Which is just, it, it's incredible. It really is. Dude. Especially Korea is so competitive, yeah. right? With all these, you know, like Crew Tigers, you know, the Smebs and the, you know what I mean? And then this, this Samsung. Um, Samsung. Also season six, okay. Uh, it's that same season where Samsung, you know, came second. Uh, of the top 20 players list, Crown was the only one from Samsung on that list at number 19 of 20. Yeah. How interesting is that? Well, individually, Ruler wasn't really recognized and he was kind of a new Eddie Carey, right? Look at look at these players who are on the top five. Rocks Peanut, EDG Clearlove, EDG Deft. EDG. Oh, he Deft went to EDG. 
Who's that fourth, fifth one? Who's that? That's it, Clear Love and Peanut. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, let's go 2017. Okay, now. so I, I always think of that game five, SKT just won. And it looked like that just fascinated me. Then I always think of that narrative where Crown, he grinded in that offseason. He had that incredibly painful experience. He played like thousands of hours of solo queue or something ridiculous. And then they come back with the exact same roster and beat SKT in a 3-0. It's 3-0, right? Hardcore 3-0. Hardcore 3-0. And that's and that that's famous picture of Faker crying in the Faker thing. Faker crying. But that's what also fascinates me is that he, he had that niche Malzahar pick. Malzahar's old broken by concept. Was that? <laughs> remember his Malzahar was famous. That's how they won, dude. Oh, really? I actually don't Mal's, remember. Uh, and Malz was broken by concept, dude. He has a point and click <laughs> lockdown. Point and click lockdown does damage. How did that happen? He was renovated. What was Faker playing into it? I think he just played like was the, mobile they, majors. They like went blind picking Malzahar, right? Or they, they just I'm pretty sure it. they blind picked Malzahar. Oh my god! And they were just gank flash flash hole. I don't understand how that worked in hindsight, but everyone just lost to it. I don't know what made it so strong. So tell me about 2017. I actually don't remember much about 2017. All right, 2017. I'm going to the group stage. Wait, 2017. We were at that Worlds. Yes, that's right. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> we were at that Oh yeah, so this is That was when we went to China. Yes, this is and when we went to China. we versus Cloud Nine. So I want to talk about Cloud Nine oh, this world. Oh yeah. Because this is relates to us. So Dials. You know twenty seventeen, was that the year we scrimmed Fanatic? You know one of these years we scrimmed Fanatic, right? Was that twenty eighteen or twenty seventeen? That would have been on a Korean bootcamp. Bootcamp Korean bootcamp. Remember at that Africa internet B- We would have been with Jack Kaiser. I think it actually is twenty. That was it, twenty seventeen. Yeah, I think it was twenty seventeen. It was because that was yeah, the year, cause, then cause, he went to Fnatic the year after. No, because that, that's right. Because they we they screamed us because we weren't all in Korea at the same time. Because they were they were in the planes with yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. Fnatic were in the planes and we screamed them. And yeah. you actually weren't like one one or something. Was yeah. it two one or one one? I can't we remember. did okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's Fnatic. Yeah, it's Fnatic. No, but Fnatic were they were not hot. They were the third. Wasn't team. Caps on that roster? Yeah, Caps. I was that's yeah, crazy. Caps. It was Bwipo, wasn't it Bwipo Caps? Was it so as? Still playing. I, potentially I think, I think it was still says yeah. and Whipper was like the sub, wasn't yeah, he? Or some yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So Cloud funny. Nine. So that was at this world. <laughs> at this world. This is China, dude. So um yeah, Cloud Nine. They so Cloud Nine made it to the semis. This is the first, this is the most success that NA has ever had at um wait, what the hell? Twenty seventeen. Really? They did. I mean, no, they didn't. I mean, the quarters here looks as quarters. Oh, sorry. That must have been... What year was that? You've got things mixed up here. Hold on, hold Wait, on. we didn't talk about Gigabyte Marines at all. This was the year 20 Gigabyte Marines really come into play, wasn't yeah. it? 2017? Yeah. Dude, we got to talk about Gigabyte Marines this year. Dude. Hold on. I got to I gotta find this. Are you kidding oh, me? Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. I got it. Yeah, yeah it was all good. Yep, no, we're all good. Yep, 2017 makes sense now. Okay. So we got to talk about Gigabyte Marines in okay. 2017. I think yeah. that's where we start. They were the, the playing team that did some serious damage. It started at MSI. Started at MSI. They almost beat TSM in the best. So of five. Gigabyte Marines. So we. So we. We should actually talk about this funny story mm. about Gigabyte Marines. So this is in Brazil. No, it was wasn't Riff Rivals before that. No, Riff Rivals was after. That was in 20. Gigabyte Marines was super high. Okay. So yeah. what happened? They, they went to MSI. We went to MSI. Yeah. And I remember we didn't even want to scrim Gigabyte Marines. Gigabyte Marines. We thought Gigabyte Marines would be terrible. Yeah. We're like, because we had massive egos in 2017. This was. is our, that was our first ever. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because we dominated the OPL. That's we our dominated first the run. OPL and we thought we were incredibly that was when, good. When Sherman was saying in the promo video, we're better than everyone except SKT yeah. at MSI. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> that's fine. We were, we were, we no, but fun. I reckon we were genuinely incredibly good as a playing team. That yeah, was the one year so. I thought if we like got our shit together, we yeah. actually could have made it to groups. Yeah. But anyway, 
We, I remember we, didn't we scrim Gigabyte Marines once as a meme? And we're yeah, like, oh, meme, these yeah. guys are just and trash. And the scrim itself was low quality. The scrim was very low quality. Yeah. We're like, these guys are trash. Like, we'll be fine. And then Gigabyte Marines ended up being incredibly good. And Gigabyte Marines, Gigabyte Marines is a Vietnamese team who had unique strategies. Like, they had, uh, they played like Nocturne. Oh, so they the had time. that super famous player from Archie. They Archie, had Archie. Yeah. yeah. And um, they had a weird team. Who was the jungler that was super famous? What's his name? Oh, I forgot his name. SOFM? No, not SOFM. No, SOFM, that's his, he was Flash Wolf. No, sorry, he was. Yeah, that that famous jungler. I know who, I swear it was SOFM. Oh my SOFM. God, I forgot. No, it's not, dude. All right. Well, anyway, they had a very good AD carry as well. And um, they were very, very good. And we, we, we were so annoyed at ourselves because like, we could have scrimmed them the whole time. Mm. We had the choice. I think they even asked us for scrims. And I was talking to their manager. And then I asked the team, do you guys want to scrim these guys? And um, our team basically said, nah, these guys are shit. And remember, we were like scrim gods at, at Worlds at as well. MSI, and MSI and Worlds, I'm pretty sure. Remember like the, the Russian team and the they were all calling us gods? They called like Fantix like the best player in Chippies. They couldn't beat us. Yeah, so yeah. we were like scrim gods yeah. at Worlds as well. We beat all the playing teams, dominated all the playing teams in scrims essentially. And um, anyway... Gigabyte Marines ended up being incredibly good, and we were kicking oh, so ourselves. The, the mid lane was Optimus, yeah, Archie, Levi. That's oh, the Levi, one. Levi. Yeah. I the and he was very good. Yeah. And then anyway, we were kicking ourselves, and then we we're so happy we got to verse them at Rift Rivals because we Oceania is grouped with Vietnam in Rift Rivals, and then we actually scrimmed. Uh, we, we we didn't get to scrim them, but we versed them, and they were really good, and they dominated us. Gigabyte Marines just destroyed us. Um, and then that year at Worlds, they did really well, didn't they? Or they did relatively good. What happened? Did they even make it to groups? No, MSI, they did good. But no, oh, they, so they should have been at Worlds. But they really impressed me as a team. Because they didn't do it off raw mechanics or anything. They did it off strategy. Gigabyte Marines group was Immortals, Fnatic, and Long Zoo. Oh, okay. Gigabyte Marines actually could have potentially made it out of that group. So yeah, Fnatic, they were in the playing they team. They went 2-4. Last... They didn't actually do that bad. Yeah. They did not that bad at all. Oh, yeah, sorry. That's why I want to talk about Cloud9 because that was so surprising to me to, me, to Cloud9. Oh, that's why, sorry. So Cloud9 was the only NA team to make it out of the groups and they were the third seed. What do you mean? Oh, in that year, sorry. Yeah, they, TSM shit the bed again. Um, Immortals, that was... Huni was on Immortals, I think, then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Huni and Renov went to Immortals. Yeah. Um, and then, um, yeah, so Cloud9, then they made it after. And that's also impressed with Cloud9 for Nate because... Because that's when I started thinking, because they've played so many games, planes, they just warmed up on that specific stage. Because remember the the, the, the group stage C9? Is the same, the yeah. same stage as that we played on? Yeah. And then I was thinking, like, the momentum that they had was must have... Because TSM just looked so shaky and stuff, because they just rocked up at the group stage, you know? Remember we, we saw TSM at the hotel in Brazil as well? Yeah, yeah that was, that was crazy. Lunch, breakfast or whatever. Uh, so yeah, Season Worlds knockout. Um, RNG lost to SKT in the semifinals, and then SSG. Um, yeah, as you said, we pretty much already covered it here. Yeah, pretty much covered it. Same roster, come back. I mean, how cool is that? That's storyline. The exact same grand final, three zero. And you know what? The roster changes for SKT. SKT had Peanut and Hooney. Yes, they they so Bengi and Duke gone. Yep. And then they got Peanut and Hooney. And this is where I feel like Hooney really kind of... Like, Hooney didn't fit with that style of no. Korean play. Because Hooney was a carry. And in Korean, back then, that season anyway, that, that, that wasn't his role. And he just shit the bed. He actually just shit the bed. You can see there was all this the footage of Koma. 
It's like obliterating Hooney, just raging at him. Yeah, I think that. Hooney just got broken, dude. Yeah, yeah he, he actually broken. got broken. And then Peanut got broken as well. They 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 were so that was a, that was the end of Peanut's career, I think. Peanut got like, actually like just destroyed. Yeah. Eh? But again, I just the consistency. Faker, Bang and Wolf all rocked up again uh, to Worlds again. So they've been they've been in Grand Finals just consistently. And you know? and that was when um. Yeah, I respected I respected Samsung incredibly highly as an organization for sticking with the roster. For sticking with that exact same roster and then pulling out a win. That's like insane to me. That's that's what we want to see in esports. No, no, that's right? what I want. Yeah, that's what I want to see more. Yeah. I actually want people to have painful experiences, suck it up, play with the exact same roster, figure out your problems because even if you have a problem with your roster, you're going to have a you're just going to have a new set of problems anyway if you change your like people have this misconception, right? They think that if I get a new player that may solve that problem, they don't realize that another problem is actually going to uh, crop up, crop up. They think that Matt, they just forget that yeah. there's going to be a whole new set of problems. Yeah. yeah. Stop uh, thinking that changing your player is going to solve all your problems. You know what your problem is if you can't if you can't actually solve these problems that you have in your team, that's a coaching problem. That's your leadership problem. I was, okay, I'm not going to say every single time. I'm saying majority of the time, players only lose confidence because of poor management or poor leadership. And if they don't fit into a meta, maybe you haven't done a good job at figuring out your identity as a team. It just feels like it's just a cop-out way. You know? It's like the cop It's just the easiest way to, to deflect the problem. is just get a new player. Yeah, well, I mean, it comes from the players as well. We know that. I mean, I think the players no, drive the players, decisions way more than coaches. No, but the players only do that because they don't know how to coach. That's true, yeah. That's, that's the that's, only It's reason. like a flow-on effect. It's a flow-on effect, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's like the, the players complain, I don't want to play with this player anymore. And that's fair enough because they don't have the skill set to make that player better or figure out the solution to that problem. Yeah. But that's where the coach steps up. Like, no, I have a plan. I know how to do this. That's where you actually should have proper coaching staff, proper leadership. And then they'd be like, no, it's fine. He has problems. You have problems as well. And we're going to figure it out together, man. We're all in this together. So, um... That just annoys the hell out of me, dude. Yeah. And Samsung sort of just proved it, didn't they? Like, yeah. say it could have easily no, made... because Cuve wasn't a good top laner. Yeah. They could have like, easily replaced objectively, Cuve was... Yes, he, he was good at doing his job and stuff. And he actually... The, the meta suited him really well because it was like, nah, Canon meta. And stuff like that. But objectively, mechanically, he was not better than like like, you know... People like Smeb and things like that. He was he wasn't better than Hooney mechanically, but they found their identity. Crown played like Malzahar and shit. They played these random stuff that other people didn't play. Yes, Ruler it was Ruler Core JJ were an incredibly good bot lane, I would say, um, and very very consistent. But just showed they didn't have the strongest players on paper. And just like you said, that Crown was in the rank nineteen and the top players in yeah. twenty the year before that twenty sixteen, yeah. and they came top two, yeah, and nearly won. So. So that's pretty much 2017, right? Yep, that's and 20, for 2017. So then it's 2018, which we went to this world as well. So I think we might do a quick intermission because our battery's dying. Okay. Um, and quickly, uh, someone in the comments said, I actually got to respond to him still, mm -hmm. but uh, for some reason our camera, it's like a Canon 70 DSLR. I don't think you can record them for more than 30 minutes. Yeah, that's why we have to kind of put in So we, we'll do a quick break. But again, if you're on the listening from Spotify or yeah, Stitcher, then there won't be a problem. But yeah. we'll be back in two seconds. Yep. We're, right, back. we're back. We're, we're so back. where I want to kick this before we dive into 2018, I want to talk about this this little unique problem. And I, I've actually been getting a lot of DMs recently from people in my community or from the YouTube community, whatever. And they DM me and they say something like this along the lines of this: "Say, Curtis, I'm a X year old player, whether I'm 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. I want to go pro." 
I've only been playing the game for one season and I'm already diamond. But what do I do? Okay, so I had a message today from a guy who said, I'm di- it's my first season playing League. I played 2,000 games this season. I'm diamond three and I want to go pro. But now I'm not really, he says he's not really capped. Like he knows he is room for improvement, but he feels like his mental is what holds him back the most. Like he feels like he gets easily tilted, easily like affected by flame, um, that sort of thing. And he says he can't really stay focused. He struggles to stay focused during solo queue. Um, just a classic, all these like classic, like, you know, problems. Now, first thing I want to, you know, start this by saying that's incredibly normal for a 16-year-old kid. Uh, I mean, 16, you have zero emotional control. Like, you're just, a, you're just at the whim of, like, your hormones and your emotions. You sort of, you sort of started developing, like, This is where, like, emotional intelligence starts to, like, yeah. begin to develop. But yeah. it's essentially just, like, a, yeah. a giant very baby. confused. Very confused. <laughs> it's completely normal. So, don't feel like you're... If that's someone you are there, you're like that... It doesn't matter what rank you are, you're in that age bracket, but you, you feel like you want to go pro, but you're, you're getting affected by tilts or things like that. It's incredibly normal. Don't feel like you're, um, you know, you're you're some weird dude. But um, I want to just talk, bring this up with you because you get your opinion. Like, what should these kids do, man? If they want to go pro, I mean, I think if someone's 16 and they're already First diamond season, one diamond. season, that's yeah. insane. They can go pro. They There's, could. Okay, There's so potential. I would always say to those players... Okay, so you're in school, you need to stick with school, okay? Yep, definitely. Stick with school, and then obviously then outside school, all you're going to commit to is League of Legends. You've got to make sacrifices, You've got to make sacrifices. I mean, your, your social is going to probably have to, probably going to have to suffer a bit, and you need to definitely. think about the game a lot, um, study the game a lot. Um, you have to give it a shot. I mean, you just have to. I mean, you could be missing something there. Um, as, as you said there, Curtis, um, I would love to work with a player um, and I actually do with work with you know some of the players that are very toxic. Uh, I don't know. We, we talk about this sometimes. It's like well, actually, I got asked about my toxic background, so maybe we can tie in this all together. Okay, how were you toxic, Curtis? Well, I didn't even realize how toxic I was. I mean, I was in denial about how toxic I was. And what were you toxic? Were you toxic to other players to make them feel bad, or was it? For I was incre- similar to Richard, my friend I used to play with. I was I had an incredibly elitist way or like my mentality was incredibly elitist and I got I was toxic because I was I like looked down on other players in a way this is when I was younger right? I was an immature young kid I was like 18 19 I was like how can this guy be so bad and he doesn't even know he's bad so I need to let him know it's my job it's my duty to let this guy know how bad he is so then either he gets better or he stops playing the game. Either way, it's good for me because I don't want these players in my game. So my my mentality was like, I'm going to flame, either flame this guy out, he quits the game or he, um, he tries to say something back to me in which I know it doesn't make sense because I'm just so much better than this guy. There's nothing he can say to me that will affect me. Or he actually cops it on the chin and actually does get better. And that's the way Schoenfire's mentality was. And the same for Richard. It's like, I'm going to call this guy out, let him know how bad he is. And then he will either get better or he doesn't. And that's just the way the, that's just the way it's like the way the cookie crumbles. That was my mentality. It's like, so I wanted to get a reaction out of people in a way as well. Cause I felt, I just, I found that whole, it got addictive in a way. It was toxic. It was like the toxicity was addictive and I wasn't actually trying to make people feel bad in real life. I don't think I didn't even think like that. I was so shallow minded. I was, I was like, 
emotion, I'm angry, let it out. There was nothing else more than that. It was pure following emotions, speaking my mind in that moment. There was you, no you, thought. You didn't think before you spoke. No, I did not think at yeah. all. Before. I was the complete opposite. I controlled my emotions very well. You controlled your emotions. Yeah. Now, that for me at the end of the day, it was a, a sort of defense. It's just an low I had low form of self-confidence in a way and I got I felt it was a way for cheating confidence I felt more confident by putting someone else down yeah so then because then it's like I actually now this person is well okay you put that person down you now have something to live up for because if if you're saying he's bad you need to be good yourself yeah but no another way to put it right let's just say me and this guy are on even playing field yeah right or something like in terms of just like e like confidence like or, or ego or something. Like if I reduce or lower him, I'm now higher than him. Not because I'm gone higher, but because he's lower than me. So my way of like feeling better about myself was just like putting people below me in a way. This is a huge weird ego, self lack of self confidence, insecurity. insecurity bullshit. That's essentially what it was. And um, I mean, I did not think about anything at the but time. But at the end of the day, you got good with that mentality. It helped me. It did help me improve in a way, in some weird way. That this elitist mentality because I. My standards of myself were so high because of this. Like, I can't be toxic if I'm bad at the game. And a part of me fueled me because it's like, um, yeah, it just felt good to be better than people so I could call them out, you know? There's a, there's a weird part of that. Like, get the fuck out of my game type thing. <laughs> yeah. That's my mentality, essentially. Yeah. It's like, this is my game. You're not nearly on my level. So, like, don't even talk to me. Don't even say a single word to me. And just Listen. That's like my, that was my mentality, which is incredibly toxic and like egotistical and terrible, but I had no idea what the hell I was doing. So, I mean, I think there's a, we've actually spoken about this a lot in the past and we're like, there was a, there's, Richard has, there's a weird, there's another side of toxicity in terms of competitive com, drive, competitive hating intensity. to lose so much. Hating to lose versus wanting to win in yeah, a way. You, you hate losing more than you like winning. And that, a lot of people say that. They want to, they actually hate losing, like top athletes. They hate losing more than they enjoy winning. And that actually was for me in a way. Again, it ties to an ego thing. It ties to an ego thing. So I have a 16 year old that I'm potentially working with and he understands nothing about teamwork, nothing about himself, zero emotional awareness. All, all I want him to focus on is purely getting very good at the game and gaining confidence through being very competent in the game, but not so much just confidence from like, all right, obviously you're not a rank one player right now. He's diamond two, yeah. diamond three. Yeah. You need to have confidence or ability. It's like, I'm a young player. At the end of the day, these 23, 24 year old players, I mean, they're, they're starting to be on the ends of their career based on what we currently, the way esports is. Whether, Definitely. Whether I mean, you already have to be, you can't start your career at 23, 24. You, you know where your 18. confidence comes from? You need to be better than that 24 year old player at 16, 17. You need to learn quicker. You need to be confident that you can learn quicker. You'll be more disciplined. You can take more sacrifices. That's where confidence is built. Power of visualization. Conor McGregor is one of the best people to study for this. Go back to his early interviews. He had no reason to say that he was going to be a champion. He was literally laughed at for saying that I'm going to be an Irishman. Irishman in MMA. Mm -hmm. This ties into the whole Mike Tyson delusion thing, right? In a way. I mean, I mean, but... Conor Rago was very, very, very confident. Again, through his his preparation, his work ethic. Mm. He knows he just will outwork anyone. He wasn't just... He, he was just... obsessed with yeah. MMA. That's all he did, all he thinked about. If anyone in his life was not talking about MMA or making him a better MMA person, they were gone. They were gone. So that you build confidence through that because then you see like... Um, 
I don't know, like, you know, players with girlfriends or, or something like that, they're getting distracted. They're getting yeah. pulled away from this stuff. I mean, I don't want to get into a topic whether it's good to have a girlfriend. Like, at the end of the day, ambition one at 30 years old with a wife, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, potentially at a different stage of his career. Yeah, so ambition one world's at age 30. Age 30. That was the year That's we just spoke about. Um, so, Diamond 2 player, like, again, just purely thinking about the game. I don't want you to worry about any of that teamwork stuff until you're at least very, very high in solo queue. Yeah. Um, and again, understanding it's like players drop off very quickly. Again, look at people like we were speaking about peanut. All these people disappear so quickly. They quick. will disappear quickly because, because you're just in different stages of your career. You just are. And some people can get to stage number. They can have a very good stage one and two, 17, 18, 19, 20. Something happens to him. Like for example, Huni, he gets roasted by coma. All his confidence is gone. He still is that player who could be very good. But now suddenly he's starting to lose that. He's starting to well, question. He's starting to overthink. Why was I good? Why was I not good? But if you have no experience behind you, no baggage, you're free as a 16-year-old, 17-year-old. Use that to your advantage. That's I think at the advice. end of the day, league's a confidence game. Absolutely. And you've got to find a way to hack confidence in a way. Yeah. And you know the way I view it is you're not going to think your way out of a problem, right? You're not going to watch one of my videos and be like, oh, now I know exactly like I'm never going to get tilted again. That's just not going to happen. Or, or if you get ridiculous. tilted, you're not going to be able to logically ration it yourself out of that situation. Mm. Like you're still at the end of the day, you're going to get tilted some games. And the way I view it, right? If you're a young kid, if you're older, it's a little bit different. I feel like if you're an older player and there's tilt and stuff, you can kind of like figure it out in a, in a different way. But if you're a young 16, 17 year old kid, I actually think the best way is just through distracting your brain. So if you feel pissed off after a game, Believe it or not, literally just getting into the review and directing your attention towards like specifically what did you do good and bad? If you were to look at this game objectively, what did you do well? There may be nothing. Surely there's something though. And there's going to be things that you did poorly. Why did those things happen that you did poorly? Bullshit aside, like all the things that you, how negatively your, your teammate impacted you in some weird way. Just look at the facts. Look at the gameplay. And if you always bring it back to gameplay, you're not thinking about any mentality stuff right now. You can actually just distract your brain from getting upset or tilted in a way. It's like, I'm just going to, and it, it ties into, there's like a, there's like a, this is actually a kind of like a scientific thing. I actually read this in a psychology book. I can't remember what the book was called, but it talked about a concept called grooving where envision, um, okay, let's just say your response in a situation in your brain, let's say X happens, you get flamed. So your default response is to get angry, right? The the more you do that, the deeper that groove will be Got in it. your brain. Yeah. So it's like this happens chance, like always again, yeah, have to get rangy. Oh, yeah. Your so, brain's like, okay. Uh, see the situation. This is a group. And the way you got to view it angry. is like a ski, you go in skiing in the snow and then there's like grooves in the snow. You're going to like follow sense. those paths right yeah. already. Now, the theory is in terms of, this is in terms of behavior change. In order to change your behavior when that exact situation comes up, you're not going to be able to fill that groove in with snow. You're not going to be able to, it's way harder. It's very difficult to do that. Sorry. It's incredibly difficult to do that because the damage, it's the, the damage is there. It's a or, groove. The groove's there. It's yeah. very difficult to feel. It's a lot of work. They say the better way is you put a groove next to it with a different line of behavior. Ah, okay. And you make yeah. it deeper. Yeah. So if you're getting tilted or yeah. angry after a certain thing happens, change your behavior 
like straight away. So let's just say your default response then when you get tilted is literally to step away from your computer, open the VOD and look at the VOD. If you force yourself to do that X amount of times, that will become your default response. Or maybe um, as soon as you get flamed once, you insta mute. And maybe that will just be your default response then. So what I'm trying to get at is you're not going to be able to just randomly be like, ah, I'm tilted. I'm don't worry. It's all good to be tilted. I'm not gonna get angry. Positive now. vibes. Positive. No, because that that, that grooves deep as hell. That's, yeah. that's happened to you now hundreds of times. You're you're not gonna be able to forget that. So you got to find a new. You got to find a new habit. You got to create a new habit and create a new habit by just ignoring it, doing something else actively, where you would do something else otherwise. Uh, distracting your brain. Always bring it back to the game. Whenever you're you're confused, go into the vod. What did you do bad? And if you're unsure even what you did bad, go to the first death. Go to your first death of the game. Why did you die? At a very simple level. Most people, if you just look at it, a death. No, so that's how I got at League. I just, I just perfected my deaths. I didn't die. Oh, yeah, rank two, done. Because if you just... That's where you always got to start. If you can just perfect not dying, that's going to lead you to getting better in so many other areas. Absolutely. But anyway, so... I would not worry too much about the mental aspect in terms of like really understanding. Yes, that's important, having a schedule, that sort of thing. But I think at the end of the day, you got to grind games. You got to distract your brain. You're not going to be able to control it too much. Um, and you got to really just bring it back to the. And, and actually, what I would also do is recommend I would force myself to play mechanical champions, by the way. Because you, you're, if you spam like tanks or like. Utility oriented oh, champions. I all the time with my with low elo players that come for, on if you're young. Um Well, I mean, young, whatever. But they're they're so much worse at the game, and they're just impossible to climb out of bronze silver. Not because of the champion. I mean, it's a fact. But they're saying a Mumu and Zach and stuff yeah. or the Sejuani, but they don't understand what it feels like to carry or do damage in League of Legends. It always ties back to the thing: you can't teach a defensive player to be aggressive, but you can always teach an aggressive player to be defensive. So I had a 13-year-old Platinum 3 top laner ask me. He wants to go pro. He thinks he can go pro. It's his first season or something, and he's already Platinum 3 as a 13-year-old Incredible. kid. Yeah. Incredible, right? I said, dude, and his champion pool, he's had like 158 games of Nasus top. Oh, jeez. I said, the first thing, stop playing Nasus. Yep. Only, and I said, play these champs. Camille, Fiora, Jax. Love it. Um, like Silas and Akali. Yep. Only. Because... You're at a time and an age where you can actually develop mechanics and actually get some really Very great quickly. habits mechanically incredibly fast. You can't do that when you're 22, 23, 24. Your mechanics are largely going to be the same. I mean, yes, you can slightly improve your micro, but most of your habits are going to be down pat from when you're, you're young. So play mechanical champions. Push yourself. Set challenges in front of yourself. You know, you can actually... You have the time and the energy to be able to do it. So... Anyway, yeah, are we happy with that? I think I we that's pretty decent response. I'd put in my two cents. Yeah. So, 2018. 2018 Worlds. All right. This is the rise of NA slightly. NA. Yeah. Really? Look at the. I this was the rise of EU. Both. Fascinating. I mean, this was the Cloud Nine made semis, I guess. Yeah. So this is the rise of the West. The West. Yeah. All right. So the rise, the rise of the West, and this is the downfall. Korea. Goodbye, Korea. Did Korea even make it out of groups? Yeah, they did. KT rolstered in a freak of freaks. Oh, they made the quarter, sorry. So this is the first time NA ever beat. So Cloud9 made it from the groups into the uh you know the playoffs. Wait, is that the first time NA beat a Korean, Korean team, team in a best time. of five? Yes, correct. Oh my god. So this was a big deal, man. So that was a freak of freaks versus Cloud9. Curtis, can I read you about Cloud9's roster? Who was in it? Licorice, Svenskeren, Jensen, Sneaky, Zazel. 
No one would ever guess Licorice? that in a million. Sven Skaren. Sven Jensen, Sneaky Zazel. What a weird roster. What a weird roster. And they beat Afrika 3-0. And what do they do in the, in the semis? They versed Fnatic and got 3-0. Yeah, that was, okay. that was when Kays, who was our analyst. That was when Fnatic is very good. Yeah. So, Fascinating. Um, G2 beat RNG. Incredible. That was incredible. Curtis, G2, oh. G2 came from the Plains, I think, that year. They were dodgy. They were a dodgy team, G2. They weren't good. Oh, my God. They had they had uh, Perks. That was when they had Perks. Perks. Mm, that was when it was Caps was not... Caps playing. was on Fnatic. Yeah, Caps Fnatic. was on Fnatic. Yeah, that was after. Ah. Um, so there you go. And this was IG. IG won this yep. world. So oh, and yeah. IG, they came from the from the, the depths, man. No, no one was expecting. KTL Roster was a very good team then. Who was on KTL Roster there? KTL Roster. I'm not sure. KTL Roster, I think they were... They were, I think, one of the favorites. But so I, what was the meta like in 2018 Worlds? What was, oh, what, was what were people playing in 2018 Worlds? Let's let's quick. I'll just quickly get up it on my phone right now. Yeah, because because when I think of 2018 Worlds, I just think of rookie domination and Ning. Didn't Ning play like? Oh, it's very aggressive junglers. Yeah, Ning would do level Ning, two ganks and stuff. Ning was playing and rookie. I don't know what rookie was playing though. All right. Well, I mean, um, what is this? Game two, Gregor yep. Syndra. So Gregor yep. Syndra, Aurelia, Lucian, Alistar, and Fnatic were playing Urgot, Lee Sin, Azir, Ezreal, Braum. Right. So it's pretty stock standard meta. Nothing yeah, too yeah, crazy. Yeah, nothing too crazy. Let's look at game one. Game one, Camille Jungle. Oh, that was a popular. Oh, Camille, yeah, Jungle. Camille Jungle. Level two ganks by Nitin. Because we went to this world as well. Yeah, we went to this world. So what yeah. happened to this world for us? This world, we... <laughs> this is the that was Sherman Man. Yeah, this is the, yeah, we got this. Oh, this man. was the design. I was actually man. so sad of this, dude. Yeah, this was unfortunate. This is actually probably... We were a very good team. This was... Uh, this is when we were in our peak going into... This. I think this is the best dials we had. I think this is the best dials we yeah, ever had. And yeah. I swear to God, we actually could have done so well in this world, man. I'm so sad mm. that Sharon got banned. Actually, I still think about it, man. Remember, I, I that you guys tried to sub me. Oh, in? I do. We got to tell this story. We have and to then, tell story. Oh, this story. This is funny. This is actually one of the funniest oh, things I've ever witnessed. I, I actually could cry when I think of this. So we were in panic mode because we were like four okay, days. Okay, let's 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 just make let's just lay it out. Let's lay the groundwork right. here. So we're in worlds heading towards twenty eighteen. We had the strongest dive. We had an undefeated season. Yeah, the whole year. And yeah, that was when there was a lot of good players in Oceans as well. That's yeah. when there was like Ryoma, yeah. there was the FBI. There was a lot of good players in Oceania at this time. This yeah. was Destiny, a lot of good players. Yeah. Chiefs. We went to Worlds. Probably had the best roster we've ever had. And we're pretty hyped. We're in boot camping in Korea. And China, and, and wasn't Worlds in Korea that year? Worlds was, was in Korea, Korea that year. Yeah. We're boot camping before in Korea. Um, we get to the boot camp. And our jungler, Shern Fry at the time. Couldn't log in. No, he was playing. He was playing yeah, at the start, playing, wasn't yeah, he? He yeah, was playing right. for a bit and it was like a few days in, wasn't it? Oh, dude, because we got food poisoning. Okay, let's actually, <laughs> yeah, we got to like, we got to talk about that actually. That's good, yeah. The food poisoning story. Get off the plane. Okay, uh, so this is very this is Australia to Korea, which is around a, was it like a 12 hour flight? 14 hours. 14 hour flight. Like, did we have a stopover? I can't remember. We get to Korea. We're starving. We get to the little, we had like an Airbnb. Yeah. We go to dinner that night. Yeah. We get some... Japanese the only guy. thing that's open... There was not much open. The only thing that was open... It was a closing store. As the, the shop was about to close, we get in and order a curry. It was a Japanese curry place. Right? And we're like, okay, this will be all good. It's Korea. Surely everyone's pretty pretty healthy. We eat. Go back. We sleep. Getting ready for a big day of solo queue. We're getting into it. Getting excited. into it. So, so, it's a starting worlds. And boot camp. And 
I hear Nathan at 3am. No, it's not midnight. I swear it goes like midnight. No, it was, it was like 2am. I 2 remember at the time. Okay, so it's 2am and I hear Nathan, I hear severe vomiting in the bathroom. Like, no, it wasn't the bathroom, it was the sink. <laughs> was it also... Because <laughs> that's where I just, because I, I just, because I couldn't get to the bathroom in time. So I just had to, <laughs> had to, I had to think. So my stomach's just started feeling really bad. But I thought there's just no way. Like, like, you know, it was, the Japanese cake was delicious, you know? <laughs> And, and I know I hit no, the funny uncontrollable. Thing, you, you were severely vomiting, and the funny thing was, is like my response is like I woke up in the middle of the night to hear it. I was like, ah, oh, suck shit for Nathan, and went back to sleep. <laughs> I was like, suck shit. I was up that for four hours from two till six, vomiting every <laughs> severely for every um every ten minutes for four hours. Um, I was never sick. I've never been sick in my life. What I, what I had to go to, so I, once I vomited up all the food, Yeah, I, I hope no one's eating while they're listening to this, by the way, having lunch or something like that. Once I vomited up all my food, I started, I still was still vomiting up because my body was just like, this has got to get out because it's like going to kill me, right? Yeah. And then I started dry heaving and then I was like, oh, I got to start drinking stuff. So I started drinking Gatorade and it was better for me. It was, felt better to vomit up the Gatorade than just dry heave. So you're just, you're just drinking to vomit. Drinking to vomit. I had to drink to vomit. And it was just excruciating vomit. And my stomach was just obliterated after like six hours. And then Curdy here <laughs> wakes I wake up. up. No, I wake up at like eight, yeah, right? I wake eight. up at like eight, yeah. I remember. And, and I didn't feel too well. I remember I had stomach rumbling. Yeah. And I was like, surely not be all good. Like, it's not that bad. And then I go and then I start having like, <laughs> no, I start having diarrhea. You had the diarrhea, right? Diarrhea, then vomiting. vomiting at the same time. <laughs> you had a bucket. I had a, a bucket, bucket while I was on the toilet. And uh, <laughs> oh, no. and the worst part about this place, it was one bathroom. It was one bathroom oh, between no. how many of us? There's like seven of us. Seven of us. Because so grand places are really small. So seven of us in oh, one place man. with one how bathroom. With how many people had food poisoning? Okay, but no one got it as severe as me and no, you. No, me and you had it the worst. Yeah. I, I swear Stephen had it and Sean and Calvin. I'm pretty sure three of them had it. Yeah, every yeah, I think hurt. everyone got it a little bit. Yeah, and then um, I was I then I proceeded to um, start vomiting that for the next. So you 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 went over my liquid pattern out of both ends of my body for the next six, six hours. hours, and then I was I get to the point where Nathan because Nathan started stop vomiting. Uh, I, I was starting to slow down, <laughs> but I still felt like terrible. Right, I was yeah. still vomiting. Like uh, I felt so we, we went from every ten minutes to every half an hour. It's still pretty bad. No, because right? I didn't know, and and my personality is I do not want to go to the doctors. At all costs. Be a man, dude. Yeah, just like, just like, ride it out, yeah, dude. We're all good. And then, and at the time, that was my mindset. Yeah, my mindset is ride it you out. You convinced me, you're like Nathan. I think this is bad. No, you heard about some sort of disease. Yeah, we some... heard about a disease that was like going was around at the people. time that was picked up at the airport from yeah. like from a Middle Eastern country. We didn't put it as a food poisoning yet. And we, yeah, we didn't know. And then, and then, no, and we went to bed. I went back to bed, and then we realized we had to go to the doctors. No, you realized. You convinced me. I was fine. I was like, I, I, I was, again, I, I was ready to die. It was all from the social media manager. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. they just, they convinced us that we yeah. should go to the doctors. Yeah. So, she was Korean, so just, yeah, she was Korean she, and she convinced us to go to the doctors. So we're like, all right, I should probably go. So, um, I'm dreading this. I'm like, like, and I, and you stop vomiting at this point. That was, I can't believe you did that. So we're in, we go, so that we go to a small doctor. A small lo local doctors. And I was still vomiting on my way there. Yeah. So I was just going in bushes on the way. Yeah. And I couldn't even, I was, could barely, I was like hallucinating, man. I was so out of it. Cause, so, so cause you started, because I started six hours after you. So you had a six hour, which actually was better for you better because for me, you weren't yeah. vomiting during the day. Yeah. I was vomiting during the day. Yeah. 
Do you know how hard it is to be out in public and you're ready to vomit? Oh, like, I can't believe it. It's that. the worst. You don't because you don't you can't control. I can't it. control can't it. it. It was like it was like spontaneous. Yeah, yeah. So I managed to get to the doctor. As soon as I go to the doctor's, I go to the bathroom and vomit again. Yeah. And then we're the only white people in this entire <laughs> doctor's, and then we're like dying, dude. Yeah. We look dead. We look dead, and I'm like constantly going to the bathroom, and they hear me vomit. They hear him, yeah. So they're like, everyone starts putting on face masks, and everyone's starting to like move away, and the doctor's starting to panic, like all the people. We like, get our checkup, and like you guys are going straight to the hospital. Yeah. So no, the funny thing is when I got checked by the doctor. Um, I remember that I was so out of it. I was so angry and I couldn't even talk. That I was, was at just, the hospital. No, no, at the doctor. When I went to saw that doctor, okay, yeah. she laid me down on the thing and I couldn't even stay still because I was in so much pain. Yeah. She touched my stomach. I was like, Ugh! and then I was like, it's hurting. And then she's like, what, 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 what does it feel like? She said, tell me what it feels like. And I said, it feels like shit. <laughs> that's what I said. That's literally great, what I said. Great and she was angry as hell at yeah. that. And I, I, I didn't know what to say. Yeah. I was just so angry as well. And then they sent us straight to this massive doctor, this massive hospital, the best hospital. That was a nice hospital. That was excellent. And they thought that excellent we had this crazy disease potentially. And then yeah. the head of the disease oh, control disease in control Korea came to us. Yeah, came to the us. Head of oh disease God, control in South Korea. She came gave us to a us. card and everything. She gave us a business card saying like, "Let us know what happens." And they, this crazy shit went on. And we got blood tests. We had the drip. The, the, the IV nutrients. drip. Yeah, no, and I need drip. to tell the story about the peeing. Oh god, if you want to get into that, go ahead. Yeah, this was a, this was actually a nightmare situation. Dude. Yeah. So I was so I was. I, I was still vomiting outside the hospital on the way in the like we got out the taxi i vomited straight away again and i was so dehydrated i couldn't even like swallow there was nothing to, i couldn't even have saliva in my mouth anymore you know and i had to give a a urine sample and then the urine sample um i couldn't pee and they said if you don't give us urine we're gonna stick this tube up there and get it ourselves God, and I was panicking at this point. I'm like, I do not, that is, I'm not doing that at all no. costs. You're not touching me with that thing. I'm not putting that, you're not putting it anywhere near me. Oh. And um, I, so, I, so then I had my IV drip with me with this little like, what are they called? Like the tr these little like stands. And I'm like, I'm like yeah, you had inching my way through the to the bathroom with this thing, trying to like, you feel like an old and man. I, I had all the taps on in the bathroom. I turned on all the taps. Get in the headspace. I'm trying to listen, Release. Like, concentrate on the water. <laughs> Relax. It's like a waterfall. Waterfall is okay. Let's keep flushing. I just want to see water, flowing movement. And then I still I was there for like half an hour, 45 minutes passing. And then they're getting ready. They have 10 minutes left. If you don't give us a urine sample, we're gonna we have to do this. And I'm just starting to stress so hard. And then I end up like dribbling a little bit out. And then, <laughs> then yeah. But you would have been stoked because you didn't have oh, to. Oh, I was so happy, dude. Yeah. I was so happy when that happened. And then, um, so they don't, they give us so many drugs. So many drugs. Man. They gave us what, like, oh they probably gave God. us like 10 individual packets of pills. It was like 15 pills. And we had to take, to take 10 a day, day 10 yeah, a day, right? Yeah. 15 pills a day, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. And I didn't take a single one. We didn't care. Like, about you it. took one day worth. I did one day worth. I'm like, I'm not doing <laughs> I'm not doing I'm not, I'm not taking anything. I'm just going to, because at that point, okay. So I'm like, the side effects of this is going to make me probably kill me. So, so I'm not going to touch him. Yeah. So, I mean, we were so sick that night, you know, that whole day. I mean, I remember we said we would rather die. Then continue to live. Yeah, I nearly so contemplated. Pain. I said to myself, I, I'm, like, so I'm all good. I'm, I'm all good to check out here. Like, I had a yeah, good run. Yeah, I was like, no, you know what's so angry? I was like, I can't yeah. believe I'm going to die like this. I know, that was ridiculous. That's what I said to myself, man. I'm so yeah. angry. If I'm going to die, yeah. like, I don't want to die like this. Like, just slowly Sick dying to some, like, weird disease. And yeah. in another country, my family can't even see me. Like, nah. that's so shit. Get sh shipped back to Australia. So I was box. just angry because I was going to, so I was going to die. I genuinely thought I was going to die. Oh, yeah, it was just terrible. And I mean, I mean, I was just, I was just, 
I was just hoping that North Korea would just nuke yeah. South Korea at that time. I was like, do anything. I was like, Kim Jong-un, just get, get rid of it I now. This is drugs good. and get passed out. That's all I wanted. I just wanted to just die. And we never found out what it was. We never really got the result. We got the results back, but we couldn't understand them, didn't we? Yeah. Well, I mean, that we didn't get an urgent, like, No, but you had cause. some weird blood test and they gave... Didn't you get some something weird? That you no, had, but I never went for the results because I was all good. Yeah, we, we didn't go back, right? But yeah, so I mean, so it took us three it days. Oh, dude, getting our appetite back, that was that just brutal, man. But that first meal we had, what was it? Bibimbap? Yeah, Bibimbap was so good. Stone... Oh. Oh, oh I remember good. that feeling of eating food oh, again. It was so good. And then we Korean barbecue as well that night. Just, I think I just like... Yeah. That was incredible. Nah, but even the Korean barbecue didn't taste good though because I was still like... Sick. I, I I couldn't eat much, but like I, I like could three shovel some stuff in there. But it was just amazing. <laughs> it was good. Anyway, we went way off track. That was four days. So then, that was the first three. The four first, days that was the first four days, day, five days, whatever. Yeah. And then we finally started getting into solo queue. And Shern had having to have an interaction with someone in solo queue. And there's strict no toxic no toxicity on the Korean when you get accounts. A, yeah when you get accounts from Riot, they track you, they monitor you. And and Shern ended up saying something, and he got banned. And he was the only jungle, right? He was the best probably the best player on our team at the time yep. nearly and um, that's it with Worlds qualified everything and he's banned yep. can't play couldn't log in find out we get an email from Riot and we're in absolute PR mode disaster as well because everyone found out that Shen got banned yep. and then Ose is a joke blah 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 yeah because he had gotten banned in the past yep. before and then anyway we had to find out a contingency plan who are we going to play jungle with because we're versing EDG yeah clear EDG. love we're versing clear, clear love and like this team, really good team, Chinese team, and the play-ins were versing a decent Brazilian team, was it? Something like that. Uh, was it in, in, Infinite Gaming? Infernum. Infer- uh, that's what... Oh, Infinity Esports. Infinity Esports. Wins. Yeah, yeah. No, that was the meme in yeah, Ice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we had to play with a sub-jungle who was basically... Um, he basically got like a rookie jungler, essentially. He never really played properly. Yeah. He never played on well, stage well, ever. Well, well, no, we, have, we initially tried me. I played since we... we oh, we, yeah. So, our we, first plan was actually get Nathan. And Nathan hadn't played jungle. It. I mean, I didn't, I didn't play the game for three years at this point. You hadn't actually probably played the game no. three years. Yeah. You were like gold in solo queue. Probably, yeah. I think so. Yeah. And he, Nathan was our only option at the time. Because our, our sub, we didn't bring a sub. Our sub was in Australia. Yeah. And we were either, okay, we have to get a sub, fly a sub all the way here to play for us, who was already a rookie and not that good at the game anyway, or we get Nathan. So then we had to get, we, we end up playing, we did scrims with Nathan, and Nathan could only play Udia and Ramus and shit. Oh, it was a and, disaster. That's and we just, actually won some scrims with Nathan in the jungle. Yeah, we remember versus Gambit. Japan, we versus Japan and Gambit. Do you Gambit, remember? yeah. I remember destroying Diamond Box in the early game, but then they like they, beat us yeah. in there because I had no idea how to do Because we didn't have a jungle. And yeah. um, so, and then the, the solo lanes were getting really angry. Yeah. Because they're like saying, I don't want to play with this shit oh, jungler yeah, Rippy. He doesn't bad. know what the hell he's doing. I felt so bad. I was just like, Guys, like, I can't do this. It's, I just, can't, I just don't. So imagine me. going from gold solo queue to playing versus some of the best players <laughs> yeah. in the world. Imagine doing that. It would have been embarrassing. Yeah. So anyway, um, we were scrimming with um, Nathan for a little bit. We got sick of it. We got the sub jungle to come in, play with the sub jungle, and then we just. Completely- so we the band was for t- we only had four games. And the band was for two games, half our games, half our games, and then we just lost. Those but, games. But, so that but, wasn't but, enough to get But it through. was just everyone's headspace after. It, it was, was just so negative. Mess. It was yeah, so negative was because of everyone was so angry. Like the support was so angry at Sh- yeah. Shern. Yeah. Everyone was just angry at Shern in yeah. a way. Um, and it was disappointing. Well, actually, it was, it was incredibly dis- disappointing, dude. I was incredibly disappointed. Everyone was disappointed. Yep. Um, that was twenty. So that was like experience eighteen for us. Yeah. But anyway, twenty eighteen worlds. So yeah. So yeah, the rise of EU. Um, oh, sorry, the rise of the the West. Was that the first worlds China won? 
Yep, and that's the first that's world. That's the first world. Right. And this is where the China started China, becoming yeah. the, the, the region to be. I mean, honestly, I didn't think it would be that 3-0 one-sided against Fnatic at all there. I, I, I thought Fnatic at least had a shot, but IG, IG obliterated G2. But that, was, that, they, that made sense because G2 was not on the same level as Fnatic at that time. Yeah, no. Because um, Caps was so good, man. Everyone yeah, was hyping up yeah, Caps. Yeah. So that was, yeah, that's it. And But again, Korea, man. See you later, dude. Korea was done. And um, what made... Okay, let's talk about China, though. Yeah. How did Why did China randomly Which, go from a yeah. team that always lost to Korea and was, like, you know, good, but, like, just not on that same level to didn't even look close now. They just look so much better. What happened? Was this because... Now they had like Korean imports and or was it because like what happened you reckon? Or do you think that China just had such an, a massive I, I, population I, I, that I they China would, it China out was going to get there eventually. They're yeah. always going to get there, yeah. right? The game's too big in China. There is too many people trying to become professional players. Yeah. I mean Korea's the same but Korea don't Korea it's Korea's it, population it's, is nowhere near as big as China, right? Yeah, but yeah, but it's nowhere near as big as China, but they still get exceptional players because their culture. It's like being a Korean a professional yeah. player is like you're a pop star. You know, it's yeah. huge. And they have like that PC Bang culture. Yeah, PC Bang yeah. culture. That that one that gave us the, them the huge boost, right? So yeah, I think it's a matter of time and China's gonna be very, very, very good for a pretty much I would say forever. I think that they're gonna be the teams to beat constantly. Right, so China is just the China now is just going to dominate yeah, be for a, the next forever. for the next ten years, fifteen years at least. To be honest with you, I actually think EU is going to be the next team to beat after China. It's going to be like China EU. China EU. I yeah. think EU is going to take over Korea. Korea, yeah, I think it's probably up. done by now. I yeah. think it's like it's it's a bit of back and forth. Be, this I think this worlds will really see how the next yeah this worlds will be super super interesting. But I still think that EU. So they yeah, have the creativity EU, yeah. over Korea. Yeah, in Korea. They're I think too they're, rigid and too. They play too slow. No, but sometimes. I think that ties back to their culture. Yeah. I don't think it's to them as players. I think it's their culture. Their culture is so like rigid. It's like top down approach. It's like very listen. If you have an idea, you don't want to like you know. It's like that. In our experience, playing with Korean players is the exact same thing, right? Um, I feel like it ties back to their culture. And it actually bites them in the arse a little Europe's bit. more free. I mean, look at G2. They're just the definition so of free fun, flow, man. adaption, have fun, the game. They barely play solo that, Q. That well. is One so of the barely plays solo Q just yeah. plays WoW and shit. Whereas like LCK players just grind their asses off. Like they're so stressed. They yeah. have to win. The, they have to perform. Yeah. Whereas like G2 is like, yeah, they, they want to perform, but they're having fun at the same time. Yeah. That's so important. It doesn't seem like Koreans, like the teams have fun, you know? Yeah, no, it's not fun. It's like fun. It's just like we do this, and which is fine. Yeah. You don't have to have fun. But I, I, I personally think that trumps it takes things to the next level but anyway so that was 20 there's really i mean i don't know too much about 2018 in terms of the players um the notes that i had there yeah just get yeah, cloud on that was what a made, huge cloud what beating. made Fnatic so good by the way in that year why did why were Fnatic better than specifically G2? in terms of gameplay wise and just what so they had reckless caps hillsang hillsang whippo and broxa right that was yep. their roster yeah Bupo? What do you think of Bupo? I really like Bupo. I think he seems like a very... Yeah, a very, very... Good, like, I, he's such an interesting player. Yeah. Cre- super creative. Confident. Co- extremely he, confident. He's confident gameplay and in real life as well. I think and he seems important. like a genuinely nice dude. Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. a good teammate. Like he'd solve problems with. You yeah, know? That, 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 I'd say that the Fnatic thing confused me a lot in 2018. I, I, I didn't mean, understand I, it. I was confused in 2018. The way that set, like on the West again, just Korea was just out of the picture. Really confused me. What do you what do you think of Reckless, by the way? What's your opinion on Reckless? 
We haven't really spoken about Reckless this entire time. Yeah, Reckless has been around for a long time. Been around time. for a long, yeah, long time. He's one of the longest standing players. I mean, I, I mean, all right. Instantly, I love that he's stuck with Fnatic his whole career. Yeah, I love that. It's a massive. That, I, I, that's I respect a that. Player. Yeah, I respect that. Incre- uh, I was, you know how people hate Bjergsen as well for yeah. sticking with TSM? I actually don't. Absolutely not. People That's say, oh, yeah, saying. like Monty and Thorin always say, if Bjergsen like, moved teams, you know, he could. Yeah. No, it's not about that, dude. It's, that's actually... Yes, I see where they're coming from, right? But I don't think that's the mentality he has to have. If he wants to take things to the next level. He has to take responsibility for the problems and be a part of the solution. You remember that, that quote? If you, if you want to be... If you want to be a part of the solution, you got to see yourself as part of the problem. Isn't it something like that? Yeah, yeah. He has to see. He was. He is. At the end of the day, he is a part of the problem because Absolutely. he's contributed to the roster decisions, yep. to the coaching decisions. Yep. He has like a lot of control over that. What yeah, I mean, to yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a part owner. At the he's moment. a part owner as well, yeah. right? So, I think that Bjergsen going down that route probably even matured him and kept him more stable because he's like, all right. Well, yes. It, it's I'm like, not going to have the uh, best players. I'm not going to have a superstar roster. But I'm trying to figure this out. What works for me? What do I need? As soon as yeah, as soon as I think as soon as you do, as soon as you're with a team for a while and you switch teams, you suddenly become like a an expense. Like the best example is Double Lift. He's just a flimsy player. Yeah, he's you know screwed himself. I mean? like, he could have actually CLG, such a good career. He could have been. I think if he was with CLG for a very long time, I mean, obviously, I mean, it's very. No, hard. I reckon he should have stuck with TSM. Like. Forever. No, but I think that After that one spot. switch, as soon as you switch once, you're you're no longer potential. You're no longer a franchise player anymore. Yeah, you're you're too in the market. Too like like you, even your mindset. It's like double if the fact that he could move. He, now he knows like oh I can move because I'm a high value asset. You know what I mean? Like that's not what you mean. That's not your mentality. Can't be like, that, like yeah. the way that I'm thinking is Michael Jordan with the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, from, from when he started. Remember so in good. the last dance, he said I believe this organization can build a championship, and everything was around him, around him, around yeah. him, around him. Right? And yeah. He, but he he stepped up to the plate there. Yeah. People like Doublelift hasn't stopped up to the plate at all. Like he's just like, oh, screw it, that's too hard. I'll just go. He just he flip flops rosters. Bjergsen and Reckless. I mean, Reckless stuck it out. Reckless has had success. He's had had crap rosters. He's had good rosters. Yeah. Bjergsen not at all. But like again, he hasn't stepped up to the plate. But maybe he'll step up to the plate in the next couple of years. Maybe. I think this year he he looks. I mean, this split he looks like absolutely stepped stepped up. up. Dude, he looks so incredibly impressive in the grand finals. Even in Solky right now in the Super Server, he's playing really well. Excellent. But the, the yeah, I think you spot on with Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. It's like. I believe, yeah, this organization has what it takes to build a championship-winning team. Took him like, you know, took him 10 20, years. Ridiculous. 10 years for his first championship. Long time. Yeah. 10 years, right? Well, it's been the best player in the league. They had, like they had to filter through what do they want, what do they don't need. They, they had to find Scottie Pippen. They had to find all these Dennis Rodman. They had to find these players eventually. Yeah. But the only way you do that is by like, Building around you and figure working with your coaching staff. What coaches do you like? What coaching styles do you like? Jackson comes in, clicks. Because you need to build that relationship with the ownership. Yeah, you actually do. Because mm. you need to get aligned in what you're building. It's very difficult to 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 articulate what you want to build in just one year. It needs to be years of getting aligned together. I still think that's the way esports should be as well. But it's rare. You just got to find that one player you build around. But Bjergsen needs to do that. And I think I props to him, dude. Props to him for sticking it out. But um, yeah, Reckless, I just... I feel like Reckless, though, I feel like he has the overthinking problem. I think Reckless seems like he battles with demons. He battles with some serious demons. What makes you say that? Just his demeanor and like... He he went for that. You remember he like went through that period where he like got really like skinny and like he looked depressed and like he looked terrible. I don't remember. He went through this time where he looked terrible. Yeah. I think he took a break once as got well. Got it, yeah. Um... But I feel like he he is like an overthinker, 
and he is so in his head. So he, yeah, he he's like, he's he has he's, a talent he's and he has a baggage. drive. He's he's been brought down by his experiences in a way. In a way, yeah. Like he's he's, he's I you, just know, don't spoke, th- you know as we spoke about earlier, but the sixteen year old player doesn't have that. I just think he hasn't had the role models around him. I think Reckless yeah, would, would have been a completely right. different player if he had like a very role good model. coaching staff around him. Incredible if, Daylor, if he had staff. like Daylor and yeah. then like a really good role model to look up to somewhere. Mm. Like he could have I just think he would have been a different player. You know? I, I, I don't know. And it's it's hard as an eighty carry though. It is. It Way harder than this hard. as a mid lane, because yeah. mid lane you control the game, but eighty carry you're largely at the whim of like your jungle and your mid laner. I still feel like you're you're but that you still can be a, a franchise player um as an eighty carry. It's just, you know, it's harder. But anyway, yeah, I just don't feel like really think Reckless lived up to his, I mean it's easy to say potential. I hate using that word potential, right? I don't but, like it either. But it's just the the way the cookie crumbled in a way. Pretty unfortunate, but anyway, 2018. That this was this, this, this was this China now, started. Yep. So now we're in 2019. 2019 last year, and this was the FPX. Yep. FPX came on the scene. Did they three zero? What was the f- grand final? It was a three zero yeah, d- destruction. Destruction. G two was tipped to win that because they won. They came off the MSI. Crazy. I thought G two was going to win back to back to back to back. That was who's the who was FPX's jungler. It was um that Lee Sin Tien, player. Tien, yeah. He was so good at Lee Sin, man. Career again, struggling. They got completely knocked out in the quarters. So, so no, no, IG, single, no, no, SKT, SKT made, made semis. Yeah. lost to G2. That was so hype, that. That, that was game. a hype game, yeah. So IG, well, everyone thought that was the grand final. Dude, look at G2's run. They had the first damn one, then they versus SKT. Yeah. <laughs> excellent, excellent team. I mean, that's why I thought well, G2 wins. And wins. Griffin shit the bed as well. Yep, so Griffin got 3-1 by IG. IG. Fnatic lost to Wait, FPX. what was this one? FPX was IG in the, in the semis. semifinals. What China, a crazy, China. what a crazy semis. That was it. Yeah, I think that was a really crazy semis. You know what's fascinating, by the yeah. way? So I watched a Pro View VOD yeah. of FPX versus IG and Rookie versus Doinby, right? Doinby gets dominated in trades. It's fascinating to watch. Like, absolute domination. Like, just Rookie like- is so much better in lane yeah. than, than Doinby. Doinby is so weird. It's the weirdest He's an anno- he, he just blo- booms my brain <laughs> how that guy is, like, had that much success. The way, like... You know, you see it on Twitter, you see it on Reddit, like, as someone said, Doinby, like, LS, Doinby's not a good laner. It's true. It's straight up true. You watch him versus Knight, him versus Rookie. He gets dominated in trade. He does random... His trading patterns don't make sense a lot of the time. And he misses a lot of CS. He does this weird shit. Yes, he has his niche picks, like he's very good at, like his Rise and his Galio and things like that. But largely in terms of just laning trading patterns and just laning fundamentals, he gets outplayed micro-wise by, by, by these players. But he's so smart about the game in terms of foresight, knowing where plays, his skirmishing is incredible. Very good game sense. Game sense, timers. Yeah. Like he has a very weird way and he's so relaxed, free flow. But he doesn't stream. overthink. He streams, he's so much fun. He is so, he's again showing he's a the player fun. that has so much fun. You're just good at the game. He's he, a fun player. You, you gotta you got to make the game fun in your head. It's sort of like in delusional in a way. It's like, this guy, like, I'm just having fun just walking around, just dominating people, my movement. Like, I'm out playing people. Like, he's having fun, man. He's like, he's just like a cab center wonder. He's yeah. just like all the players from Perks, G2. Yeah. He's like the Chinese, like, G2 player. Um, and I love him, dude. I love him. So, what do we got here? We got FPX versus G2 in the grand final, 3 0. Um, again, China domination. Everyone, again, loved IG, but they were kind of out in the semis due to the brackets. Do you think IG. 
would have beat SKT here if oh, they were in a, the semis. That's a tough one. And who was in this SKT roster, by the way? Oh, wow. It, can Man, you get SKT that up? have absolutely butchered their roster over and over again. Um, SKT made semis again, though. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, it is impressive. Again, coming back. Wait, was that Koma left this year, right? Yeah, that was He left time, right? for Vici Gaming yeah. this year, yeah. God, that was huge news, man. So sad. So, 2019 SKT roster. Yeah, the roster up what now. have we got here? Um, what is all this nonsense? Uh, here we go. Yeah, but if I click on it. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, don't worry about it. I can't remember off the top of my head, but anyway. So what what's what's important to understand about twenty nineteen worlds, by the way? Uh I think Europe that was that potentially was Europe's best shot. Maybe G two. Maybe in the next couple of years, yeah. Again, think, I think G two should have won that. Do you think G two will perform better at this worlds than they, they will in twenty twenty nineteen? That's interesting. Because they weren't as dominant domestically. Yeah. I but know. that's also because the level of playing EU is just skyrocketing. Yeah. Because I think very I think like Mad Lions and Rogue and all those teams are actually like really really good, Fnatic and things like that. I think they're genuinely all incredibly good. But everyone's hyping up China. But so we'll do another podcast, right? We're gonna do another podcast yeah, talking about twenty twenty. Yeah. But this was more trying to prepping all the previous seasons because everyone kind of knows twenty nineteen as well. I think it's good to have um, a bit of background information. Yeah, about a bit of background information about well, I, mean, I, I wanted to put it out there, my thoughts and stuff like that. And yeah, just, you know how important season two and season three was to us specifically. Yeah. All right, well, I'm, so I'm is pretty, anything you want to cover between 2019? Pretty happy. Uh, happy to pretty happy. My camera's actually just completely died there, but it's fine. All right. Um, All good. So, um, yeah, good good sesh. And we'll do another podcast, another episode talking about world this world specifically. Got to do our research for that one. I'm not sure if it will be next one, but... It might not be next one, but before Worlds really gets into the thick of it. Yeah. And we'll... Um, All right, that's it for uh, Break My Concert episode three. Yep. Be sure to follow us on Spotify and you can download again these over on Stitcher, Stitcher and, Spotify. Well on Spotify. and I still got to do Apple Music. I know some people requested. Yeah. Still working on that. Um, we'll see you next time. Bye.